Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, live Saturday edition of the program. Uh, Your calls are the primary element if you make them, and we will start with Carl in Montreal. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Carl. How are you doing today? You're on the air. What's on your mind? Well, thinking about Obama when he gets in there, you know, if he's going to go back on what he said, that's what I believe. I don't believe there's going to be any real change. Of course not. Any reversal of any of Bush's policies. Well, what's amazing is that anybody could believe that for even a moment, that somebody who could possibly be elected to the Democratic or Republican national ticket for the presidency of the United States could somehow be in any way different from anybody that's ever come before them. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, the, the, it, it seems obvious to me in 2006 the Democrats won the, the House and, and the Senate, uh, but then one seat got kind of uh, swished back and forth. Right, they anyway, were supposed to end the war. They were supposed they? to end yeah. the war in Iraq, and there wasn't, there wasn't any real effort at all to end the war in Iraq. Exactly. No. Yeah, and I went to jail in the United States for making comments about Bush. The government, the prosecutors, used false information. They didn't care. You know, I came forward with evidence. They don't want, they wanted to hear the facts, and I don't think they're going to do anything about the four million people in prison in the United States. Anything, you know, to help the black people. Most of them are, you know, in prison. You know, I left the United States to come to Canada. I got tired of the police state, and then I got locked up by immigration. I've been fighting to stay in Canada. Yeah, you found out there was a police state in uh, Canada, too, huh? Yeah, I found out the hard way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I can relate. I mean, I've, I'm not, I mean, I know I have not been in jail as long as you have. You've been calling this show for months uh, yeah, from a Canadian prison cell. So. My website, freecarl.com, talks about it. You know, I, I've been 18 months already. I feel I, fortunate that, uh, that I did not have to spend as much time as you did. Uh, listeners that were tuned in last week know that I was not here because they threw me in a prison cell over my tenants having an old couch sitting out in their lawn so i mean talk about land of the free huh yeah yeah land of the free you know like one nation under god you know it that's what most people believe in liberty and justice for all it's tyranny and injustice for all it's like one nation under one divided nation under satan with tyranny and injustice for all that's the way it's become you know? carl good luck man i thank you for the call tonight i appreciate hearing from you at one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. so yeah i mean i wasn't here last week and so i'm glad to be back it's good to be here and have all of that finally blown over, essentially, the uh, the couch situation. For those of you that are just tuning in, uh, I had somebody down the street, living down the street, some city bureaucrat snitch me out uh, for my tenants having a couch in the yard. Some would suggest it was a target, uh, targeted sort of thing, that they were coming after me. I don't know if that's true or not, because no one has actually been able to talk to the woman in question. Uh, but I decided that, yes, I'll get rid of the couch as long as whomever this mystery person is comes and talks to me like a good neighbor would come and talk to me. She apparently didn't want to have anything to do with that, so I decided I was going to move the couch. And people called me childish over that, Mark. They called me childish it on the local like, talk show. You know, I... I understand, like, I would have moved the couch if uh, some bureaucrat came along and said, move the couch, that that would have, you know, so I can kind of understand where they're coming from. At the same time, I think that they, most of those people would say that in America, you do have the right to face your accuser. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know. 
you had control um, in the situation to some extent, but so did they. The idea that one considers the government a force of nature takes out the decision-making ability of the bureaucrats and the uh, people that might use government to force other people to do what they want. Right. They didn't have to go all the way to the wall with this. And in fact, most people didn't think that they would. And the but other I'm... part that I find um, that I find reprehensible and offensive about this is that you know the laws that they use for zoning and planning and, and you know code and all that stuff. Those laws were used by somebody, and in this case, it it, li- it was a bureaucrat who could very well have uh, been using it as a vendetta. But that person didn't have to pay anything. They didn't have to put anything on the line at all. No. So it wasn't a disagreement between two people. That person just st- used the state instead. As far as I'm concerned, when there's a disagreement between two people, uh, the, the, you know, the complaining party should have to put something on the line. They should have to take it to court or whatever. I agree. And I think that as far as the suggestion that what I was doing was childish, I think that's pretty absurd right on its face. Uh, the, the idea is that, well, you weren't following the rules of society and when uh, when the government people came around to tell you what to do, you said, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that." And so I guess that was how they were considering what I was doing childish. That's what that's but, but that's what freedom is. Freedom is the freedom to say, "No, thank you." That's what freedom boils down to. If you uh, if you believe in liberty and you believe in freedom and the concepts of what this nation were founded on, it's the right to say, "No, thank you." Yes, I, I see all that, Mark, and I had, off, I had offered to remove the couch, so that was not childish. It was not childish of me to say, hey, I just want to meet this person, this uh, mystery neighbor, have her come down, talk to me, I'll remove the couch. There's nothing childish about that at all. In fact, if it seems to well, me that the childish position is to say, well, I'm too scared to go and talk to my neighbors about a big grown-up issue like what I you know, don't like about their property, so I'm going to call the big enforcer, the big government enforcer, the big bully on the playground, have him come over and do my dirty work for me. That seems to be a little childish, not to mention the whole system of government uh, being childish, the idea that we have to threaten our neighbors instead of persuading neighbors. It seems like the, uh, the concept of threatening others is pretty childish to me. Well, you know, from the very beginning of this, um, in the very beginning, I didn't believe that there was a complaining party. I thought that, in fact, uh, that you, you were made being it fibbed to, and that the uh, the bureaucrats, themse- you know, themselves, and it um, were making the complaint. And it turns out, it was, it was the bureaucrats bureaucrat. themselves. Right, which, which is kind of an interesting point, I think, and you made it earlier this week during our weekday show, and that is that if the bureaucrats are going to have this system, they shouldn't be allowed to bring the complaints. It should be regular people that are going to be bringing these complaints, not the actual people who work for the system itself. As far so, as I'm concerned, you abdicate your your um, you, you abdicate a certain uh, amount of rights as a citizen when you go to work for the government. The government is there to protect other people, um, you, you know. So when you go to work for them, you you give up some. And you know, really, all of this, I don't think they should be able to vote either. You, you know, I think Mark, it's a conflict of interest. Nobody thought that I, I agree with you there. Nobody thought they were going to put me in a prison cell over this. Nobody really thought that. I didn't think you were going. And I I knew all along it was a very real possibility, and I knew that if I kept pushing it all the way and refusing to obey them, that that's what they would end up doing, and that is what they ended up doing, uh, was putting me in a prison cell for 93 days. Well, uh, they didn't put it. That, that's luckily, what the sentence was. Luckily, I was able to beg for mercy, and uh, they, they, they reduced that sentence so I could get out and come back to my radio show and get back to my lady and back to the life that I enjoy. Um, however, it's quite clear, crystal clear to anybody that was even, that had any doubts 
and even I had a doubt. Even I thought there was still a chance that maybe it's true what they say about these governments. Maybe it's true that it's really by the consent of the governed. I mean, that's what the article, uh, the first article of the New Hampshire Constitution says, is that government of good is by the cons- consent of govern- uh, the governed. And so clearly this is not a government of the good. Because I didn't give consent, I did everything I could to make it clear I wasn't consenting, and they threw me in a prison cell anyway. So for those of you that actually believe there's some sort of level of consenting to be involved in this society, it's absolute nonsense. Uh, It's clearly a coercive society. It's clearly they will do what they want to do, and it doesn't matter what you think and what you want they're going to have their way. And apparently it's childish to not, appear, to not obey every single uh, one of their diktats. So they can come out with any sort of demand they I don't know how anyone could to. be expected to uh, obey every law. I don't know how anyone could be expected to read all well, of them. Well, you're not, you're not expected to read them all. It's just when they come to you and say you're violating one of them, you either jump through their hoops or they, th- they put you in a jail cell. And apparently anything, uh, anything outside but, of obeying is childish. But bureaucrats are often wrong on their laws. That's true. So, I mean, how can, you, how can uh, the average person be expected to trust that, uh, the bureaucrats that are out there? They don't know their own laws. A lot of good being, uh, them being wrong does you when you're in a prison cell, though, right? I mean, as far as appealing is concerned, if I were to have appealed that situation, I'd have been out long before they ever probably even he- heard the appeal in court. Now, I still would have lost my 93 days. And they can't. They can't give you that back, even if it's cash that they give you. They can't give you your life back. To right. You. I mean, if you have the choice between 93 days and I don't know what they would give you, but uh, you know, several thousand dollars, I I don't know. I think I'd rather have the uh, 93 days personally. So was my position childish? Do you agree with that? Uh, the idea that it's my property, I can do what I want with it. If the neighbor has a problem with it, she should come to me and talk to me like a big grown-up would talk to me. Is that a childish position in any way, shape, or form? I don't think so. But I'd love to hear from you. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, this is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. If you're on hold, we will get to you. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You... Take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you've missed a moment of the show, you can get them all right there on the front page of the website, free. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee. You just click and download. And those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you to access their websites. Enjoy ours on us at freetalklive.com. By the way, those archives go back for an entire year Totally free, freetalklive.com. And all of this is brought to you by SACL CAI. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. I wasn't here last weekend because I spent the entire of last weekend sitting in a prison cell because I wouldn't bow down in front of the uh, the judge here in Keene, New Hampshire, over uh, my tenants having a couch in their lawn. He hit me with three contempt of court charges for 30 days apiece, plus three days for the couch in the lawn. 
And so I spent the entirety of the weekend in jail and then deciding on Monday that I knew that uh, my, my girlfriend was going to have a tough time. I wanted to get back to my life with her. What I about wanted your to business get back partner my, and have her run the radio show you, and uh, you, making that, him frantic and crazy? You weren't really – yes, you were running the radio show, but she was doing the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I didn't want any of you guys to have to do more work than you would – I, I, nobody was expecting this to be 93 days. Uh, we all figured it was going to be a weekend or a week or something like that. Um, so I wanted to get out to uh, to get back to the show. But people have been critiquing me for that, too. I mean, there's critics everywhere. So do you think I should have stuck it out? Should I stayed the uh, the 93 days and uh, said to hell with uh, the radio show, to hell with my relationship? I need to be balls to the wall, uh, at a non-cooperative activist all the way. Should I have, in fact, gone ahead and instead of uh, been cooperative with the, uh, the bureaucrats in the jail, should I have just zipped my lips and maybe put myself at risk of being, having my head smashed against the concrete? Should I have really gone all the way so I ended up in solitary the entire time? You're welcome to call with your critique. But my original question was, do you think I was childish? Because that was the suggestion that, well, because I wouldn't move the couch on the demands of the bureaucrats, that I was childish for not obeying their arbitrary diktats. And I think that the system is childish. I think that when you come to somebody and you want them to do something for you, like change something about their property, for instance, you should use persuasion. You should be persuasive to them and convince them to change the property on the, on for whatever the, the various different reasons that they should be convinced to, to do that. Instead of, we're going to hurt you. If you don't do this, well, I, that's a childish position, I, in my opinion. I'm not willing to go quite as far as you are that there, that everything should be an entirely voluntary action when you uh, when you buy into a neighborhood that has rules, even if those rules are government rules. I am of sort of of the opinion though that that when somebody abdicates their responsibility by going to the government um, and you know complaining to the government, and then the government takes up the case, that person doesn't put anything on the line. Well, look, I didn't buy into a neighborhood that has rules. This neighborhood is not deed restricted. You're saying that somehow those government rules are legitimate, Mark? Well, I'm sorry. I'm saying they're in place. They have rules and they're written down. Um, That doesn't mean anything to me because they can write down whatever they want. And it's clear they can write down whatever they want. They can meet every two weeks and they can change those rules to whatever they want them to be. They can change those rules at any time they want to change them, and then they can send their enforcers around to say, oh, we've changed the rules. Now you need to have uh, lettering on your house that's four inches high instead of three inches high. Oop, you're in violation. You better go and change that, or else you're childish for not wanting to. Let's go to your phone calls. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think on this or whatever's on your mind. We talk first to Dan listening to WFLA in Tampa. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Dan? Oh, this is Doug. Oh, yeah, Doug. Doug. Sorry about that. Doug listening to right, WFLA. Well, uh, I'll, I'll still talk to you guys. Listen, I love you guys, but uh, you're really making me feel bad over here because you talk about being childish. I mean, you're really pushing the boundary. It's almost being an insult to a child, the path that you're going down. I mean, uh, I agree with a lot with, you, with what you say, but, I mean, rules are rules, and, I mean, they gave you a lot of outs. And in today's society, some people don't want to, you know, deal with conflict and, you know, try and put yourself in some other person's shoes. Maybe she was some old lady. She had some bad conflict in her past where Mm -hmm. she said something to somebody and they freaked out on her and she didn't want to have to deal with that again. All she wanted was the couch off the the street or whoever it said. But, uh, I mean, really, I mean, this is a battle that, you know, it's a no-win situation. It really you, wasn't, in my opinion, wasn't even worth fighting. I, I agree with you that it was not worth fighting. Um, and this is Mark. Uh, but my question is, do you not believe that in America that you have the right to face your accuser? Is that what you're saying? If you're being accused of something that's... Like uh, having a couch in your lawn? 
is, let's say, is um, that, that's not like this wasn't arbitrary. You know what I mean? This was cut and dry. There's a couch on the lawn. It was probably there for a week. It was documented, so well, you got to move it. It's it was there for like two years, were, actually. Well, well a years. robbery would be, um, you know, I mean, clear and, and definable also. You know, you have the right to face your accuser if you were accused of robbery, wouldn't you? Right. Well, that, I would put that in a little bit different cl- uh, classification. Like if, you, okay. like if it's a zoning with a – I had a sign issue where I had a sign on my lawn, and it was, it was too big, and I had to remove it. They said, okay, this is the law. This is what it says. I mean, it, it's cut and dry. You're in violation. So Whereas, I get what you're saying, that like a bureaucrat can come and look and say, yes, that's a violation. Here's the rule. That's in violation of the rule. So it's currently it's – like it's, it's a crime that's currently existing. I get what you're saying there. But doesn't it bother you that there's this faceless, uh, body, like, uh, bodiless uh, entity called the state that can bring charges against you instead of a, a real, live, living, breathing human being? Like, uh, you know, I mean, that that's kind of how – the, the the idea of the uh, the the Bill of Rights came up, or at least the, the I Sixth know, Amendment. I know. I, I I can see your point, but on the whole grand scheme of things, there's a whole lot more things we got to battle. It's not the hill so, to die on. I well, agree. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the hill that they chose. They came to me. I barely even knew the couch was there. The neighbors across the street didn't give a flip about it. Um, so they I, came to me after it being two years of, of sitting there. Uh, they came to me and said, well, you're in violation of this arbitrary ordinance that we've decided to write down on pieces of paper, and now you must obey us or we're going to hurt you. We're going to bring damage to your life. You're saying that that's all okay with you because some people sat in a room somewhere and wrote some crap down on paper? Unfortunately, that's one of the things with this country that I can live with. You can live with that. So basically you're saying you don't really care that you don't own your own property. That's what you're saying? Well, I mean, there's eminent domain that goes on all the time. I had them digging up Fios lines on me the other day, and they tore up my lawn. I didn't really have a – what was I going to go out there with, a pitchfork and uh, shoo everybody away? Yeah, I didn't have a choice in that matter either. So you, you, know, have, resigned your, you have resigned yourself 100% to the idea that government owns everything and you, it'll just allow, they'll just allow you to have what they want to allow you to have, no, no, I, right? I, I've resigned myself to choose the battles that I wish to fight. So what if battles gonna, are you fighting? I, what's that? What battles are you fighting, sir? Uh, let's see. Thanks for the I call. Won't. Appreciate <laughs> it. No, hold on. Huh? Yeah, if you're still there, go ahead. I can't talk about it on the radio because uh, it's... IRS Secret. related. That's one thing I don't mess with. Is oh, an the IRS, IRS battle. You're, wait, so you are fighting an IRS battle, or you aren't fighting an well, IRS the, battle? As far as I'm concerned, yeah, I've got I've got IRS issues right now that I'm dealing with. What does so, that mean? Uh, does that mean they came and tried to audit you? Um, is that the situation? Yeah, it's uh, money past due that uh, that I owe that they think it, it's a whole, it's a whole mess of things. I don't even so, want to get into it. But so it's not yeah, that I'm you not, aren't I'm paying the IRS. It's they're saying you owe something. You're saying you owe something different. It's not really much of a battle. You're just trying to minimize damage there. You're not really fighting well, yeah, for freedom. Yeah, I thank yeah, you for the call. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. So I sad the, to hear people so defeated. I think the taxes are the place to fight. Now I don't know about his battle in particular, but taxes are the place to fight because you got to cut the head off the beast, not poking it. Still paying uh, federal taxes there, Mark? Yes, I am. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. 
To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We are here in the live Saturday edition of the program. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. The Shrine of Female Listeners is included in that list of free stuff. Uh, it's ladies who have taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. It's shrine.freetalklive.com. I've been taking Dexy 20 for four months now, and I've lost more than eight pounds. Now, it doesn't seem like a whole bunch, but you got to remember, I only had maybe 10 or 12 pounds to lose in the first place, and those are the hard pounds to take off, those last few. And I haven't done anything to change my lifestyle, my eating habits, or anything like that. I still drink beer, beer excuse me, and I uh, eat pizza and all those other things that I enjoy doing. I haven't, I haven't changed my you know, my actions in one way or another, except I take Dex C20 twice a day. And it doesn't give me those weird jitters that, uh, that, that lots of diet pills do because I can't take stimulants. I'm just too freaky, I guess. You can get Dex C20. You can get it at uh, Walgreens, GNC. Uh, you can get it at CVS. It's in the gold box, Dex C20. And last time I was there, it was on sale at uh, Walgreens, Dex C20. We're talking about why I wasn't here last week. They'd throw me in a uh, prison cell because of my tenants having a couch out in their lawn. And I agree with you, Mark. It's not the best issue. I mean, the couch in the lawn, it's an ugly thing, and I didn't really even want it there. But And I was willing to get rid of it as long as the original complaining party would have just come to me and talked to me like a grown-up, like an adult. I'd, I'd made that offer. They refused that. And so I stood my ground on it, and they, they threw me in a prison cell over it. And then people are calling me childish because I didn't want to go along with their little uh, tyrannical despotism here. I mean, it's just, I'm sorry, there's nothing childish about my position at all. And what is childish is the idea that... That some group of uh, men and women sitting in a room somewhere can write stuff down on pieces of paper and then come around and threaten people with violence if they don't follow those rules. Now, um, and I would also agree with you that it's if you let the little things go with the with the government, pretty soon you've got a situation where you know your house uh, that some code inspector wants to come through your house and rip out all your drywall right. so that they can see your wiring because you didn't do it on their time schedule where you do were, you, or something like that. Where do you make your stand if this isn't the appropriate? point to make the stand, as our last caller was suggesting, well, you need to pick your battles better. Well, where do you make your stand? For instance, to give you one example, we'll get right back to your calls. Here in Keene, New Hampshire, in the center of downtown Keene, they've, they all of a sudden, within the last year or so, decided to draw on another imaginary line in the uh, downtown area discerning a historic district. So what wasn't historic before has now become a historic district. So all of those people that were already living in the historic district have now fallen under an additional tremendous amount of additional right, right. regulations. It's not a, it's not a few. Any t if, if you've ever lived in any historic district in any town, you'll realize that you have to practically beg these people to be able to paint the walls so inside your house or put down carpet. Should they use that as the battle to pick? Should they stand their ground on that and go to jail for that? Or is that childish? Should they just stand aside and say, well, it's price price we pay to live in freedom is to have bureaucrats control our property. 
1-800-259-9231. We go to, I believe Dan is actually, uh, we actually have the real Dan this time. Dan listening to WFLA in Florida. Hello there. Hey there, how you doing? Hey Dan, what's on your mind? I started talking out, talking to myself before you got that other guy from Florida. <laughs> Sorry about that. Florida, <laughs> well, you got some practice right. in. Hey, I want to get to this really, really quick and blunt and all straight out. Um, I sympathize with you in the state of New Hampshire. I went up there two years ago, which they told me I didn't have to come up there. My children live up in Chichester and Concord area. And they told me I could do a telephonic um, child support hearing, you know, to determine that I'd have to pay even though I had one and she had the other child. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was in front of the judge there in Concord, I saw, which I dealt with these guys for a long time. I owned my own business in Loudoun before I moved here to Florida. I owned a repo company. Um, half my guys lived in your area down there in Keene. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm watching this big, tall, older sheriff, you know, that he was all right years ago, but he kept watching me, and I was like, what's up with this? Everyone else hugged me when I come through the door. And as I was done, uh, he comes up to me and he says, hey, he says, I got a paper on you. And I was like, a paper? A paper for what? He says, well, before you move to Florida... He says, you didn't pay the dog vet. I figured, ah, okay, no big deal. We'll deal with this right now. I mean, what could I owe the dog vet? Mm -hmm. And they locked me up in a cell, no bail, um, for 38 hours before I finally got bailed out by a friend of mine in Nottingham. On what charges? They called it theft of services, class D felony. And seeing that I live here in Florida now... They held me out of no bail, my, and he towed my car out of the courthouse parking lot, which I always thought the courthouse was part of the government, which, you know, which I'm a registered voter, and my taxes were paying, you know, the rent on those buildings. Mm -hmm. They towed my rental car out of the Concord, um, up on Main Street there, uh, out of the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, to turn around, and then the public defender's office, I saw the woman for 15 minutes. She kept trying to talk me into pleading out to the felony. Now, you know, they've tricked me one time before in Manchester, and I won't get into that one. Now, well, you know, before you go on, uh, Dan, before you go on, I mean, point of clarification here. Did you, was this just an honest mistake? Did you forget to pay a bill? I mean, what happened to create this he, problem in the first place? See, the thing is, when, with this vet, he had, you know, he's up in, uh, in um, Chichester. He, he had a bunch of people that skipped out on him, mm -hmm. and he couldn't find them. So every once in a while, like if my dog, I had a Roddy, uh, had to be um, seen or something, we'd work it out where I'd skip trace, you know, some of his dead feet so he can send them letters of, you know, intent or whatever. I see. And, you know, I mean, he fell off the mat. When I moved from up there down to here, I called him uh, every, like, two to three months. And he's like, oh, I haven't got to it yet. I haven't figured it out yet. You know, I mean, and I figured, okay, after two years of, you know, I haven't found, you know, got it done, got no bill for you. Um, what he did is he had the local police department up there in Chichester come after me with a warrant for a theft of services. Now, I've always thought that owing money was a civil matter. That's what and, I've always thought. Well, they worded it as theft of services. Now, the dog, he, you know, he ate a piece of carpet and it went through him like shrapnel. He ended up dying in, you know, with them and mm -hmm. they just 
disposed of the body. I never saw the dead dog. But um, for them to turn around and to tell me that I theft of services, I would think that I went in with, you know, false pretenses, give them a rubber check or a promise to pay, and yeah, sold you, the dog out. And you were saying the entire situation was different. You were doing uh, performing services for this veterinarian. He was supposed to bill you for some sort of remainder. He never got around to it, or you never got it. Never and then all of a sudden, they you know, when you went up there, they snatched you up and put you in a prison cell. How did that all end up playing out after well, you got bailed out? I kept going back. I kept flying back to New Hampshire. Jeez. And they kept telling me, plead out, plead out, plead out. And I was like, no, I want to go to trial. Good for you. And they tried their their hardest. They tried to get me a grand jury indictment on a two hundred and seventy nine dollar bill. That's crazy. That they jacked up to eight hundred and fifty. I offered to pay that bill. You know when you know when they snatched me and told me, hey, step in this room for a minute, put me in with people that were waiting to be transported back to the major you know jail system. So even though you there. offered to pay the bill, they didn't care. They wanted to just proceed ahead with their trial and their little um, situation. Just so and outrageous. See, you know, while I was in that jail cell, I'm like, okay, well they're getting the paperwork together, and I kept asking, okay, are we ready yet? Well, no, there was a wreck up on I uh, on Route Four, and the local police department's tied up at the scene. There was none. So, what Five did the, what hours, was the turnout in the courtroom? I and mean, what did it end up? What ended up happening? Right now, it's done. They had to drop it. Really? Tell me, they've got up to seven years to bring me back in front of that courtroom. Well, good luck to you, and uh, I thank you for the call and the story tonight. Uh, very interesting that they ended up dropping it after begging him to take a plea bargain, which goes back to something we've talked about a lot on this show. If people if <laughs> if people would just stop pleading out on little things like marijuana possession and things like that, it would completely overload their system. We'll explain more in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And, Mark, you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We give it all away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. Uh, and that, what we do is we take that money in and we reinvest it into the show. So it's not going out to paychecks. It's being reinvested. It's going out to uh, to do things like get us on more radio stations across the country, as well as uh, reach out to new Internet listeners and bring them on board so more new people can experience the message of freedom and liberty because, really, there is no better time than now to be talking about the ideas of liberty again in this country. They've been <laughs> the, the, the discussion about freedom has been dead for a long time. I mean, the, the discussion tends to be these days days on the radio waves between Republicans versus Democrats, the red team versus the blue team. So if you're sick and tired of hearing that typical talk radio nonsense, then help us out a bit and become an amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. And if you're looking for something good to read, check out Sex with the Virgin Mary. She's waited long enough. Jimmy Cahill is a boozing, carousing cabbie from Boston who's been tasked with finding the lucky guy. This libertarian novel is a great read, informative on the legal process, and sure to damn author Charles Webb straight to hell. Get it at, uh, get it at Amazon.freetalklive.com. 
or just go to sexwithavirginmary.com. You can listen to an interview with Mr. Webb coming up on tonight's podcast. So if you go to freetalklive.com uh, tonight and download the podcast, you'll hear at the end of the show, we'll tack on our special interview with Charles Webb from sexwithavirginmary.com. 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls about what you want. We talk to Dave listening in California. Excuse me, Dave is gone. Let's try Nathan in Minnesota. Nathan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I thought, hey, I, I called you the other day about the uh, children, and that went over really well with uh, my roommate, because I, I don't know if you remember, but she's a bureaucrat, and she works with children. So, um, yeah, I'm in Minnesota right now, but I'm heading back to the East Coast. Uh, I was in New Hampshire um, during the uh, Ron Paul um, primaries there, so it'll be good to going back to the East Coast, and I was looking up uh, New York News, and I just found out, it was just today, where um, the, the city of New York told 22 churches that they couldn't, they could no longer house uh, homeless people. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, I was really shocked, and uh, I mean, this whole time I'm telling people, um, if, you know, government would just get out of the way. Churches and charities would take up a lot of the slack. Sure they would. And, uh, and, and you know, and that's how uh, it would actually be really beneficial to churches. Like, give them much more cred, in my opinion, because they're, you know, they, they kind of out their, uh, I mean, um, their usefulness. I mean, they've, uh, yeah, whatever I'm talking about. But, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see where you're coming from there. Uh, so, what are the, what's going to happen to these homeless people? They're just going to have to be turned out into the streets, and then it's, it's, it's really funny. Like well, some of the some of the uh, arguments, like they, they, of course, they didn't interview any of the uh, like priests or or ministers from from what I saw, it was like CBS or something. But um, they talked to a bureaucrat, and he was like, "Well, we don't want them. We uh, we don't like to see people sleeping in pews." Or on church steps, they should have beds. And it's like, okay, well, who's going to provide the beds? The churches were really providing what they had, and now they have nothing. And now they have their cardboard boxes underneath the bridge or, you know, van by the river type. It's just so outrageous. I mean, a lot of the people that are homeless are homeless. For, I mean, most of them are homeless for a reason. I mean, they they are they're certainly not the most upstanding members of society. But at the same time, if somebody wants to voluntarily choose to to bring these people into their home or bring them into their their church and take care of them and and maybe teach them some skills and and to help help them get off of uh, whatever habit they might have that helped encourage them to be homeless in the first place, uh, the Salvation Army or these private churches or whatever it is, uh, whatever the organization is, if they want to help those folks, they should be allowed to help them. It's, again, this is another private property rights issue. Do you have the ability to control your own property? Clearly, the answer is no, you don't. You do what they tell you to. Absolutely. It's, it's voluntary. People can give it. Otherwise, the city is paying for it. I mean, of course, New York is way in debt right now. And so, like, now they're putting on more on the taxpayer, and some people, you know, don't really uh, want to, uh, you know, um, patronize, uh, patronize, you know, homelessness. You know, I think you're absolutely right, Nathan, and I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. So, yeah, maybe that was the bureaucrats' motivation. Maybe their true motivation was that if they get the homeless people out of the private churches – then they'll have to, like, enroll in some sort of government homeless program, because I'm sure the welfare program there for homeless people in New York City is quite large, and typically the way things work, is, at least as I understand it, 
is that the more people you get into the governmental welfare program, the bigger their budget gets to be uh, the next year. Is is that your understanding, Mark? Is something similar like that? Well, yeah. They, they generally they they get uh, some kind of an amount uh, per person who's in the program. So if they go into these churches and they force these homeless people out, then they've got themselves another twenty, thirty, fifty, however many uh, new homeless people they can add into their government program. Well, and who do you think does a better is, job of uh, of re- reforming homeless people, the Salvation Army or the New York City government? I, I would say the Salvation Army does a, fi- a far better job, but the Salvation Army ge- generally gives uh, beds. That's not their thing. Um, these are you know churches that uh, um, you know that they're they're going after, and uh, you know. I understand where the bureaucrats might be coming from on this, but that's the fact is they're doing the opposite, and this is what happens with government programs all the time. They're doing the opposite of what they intended, what they were created to, in, to do in the first place. They were created to get people off the street. They're, in fact, kicking them out of the churches and putting them on the streets. We go to Don listening to WFLA in Tampa. Don, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yes. Hey, Don. How you doing? You're on um, here. It's on your mind. This is in regards to uh, earlier you're talking about the couch and property rights. Yes, sir. And I just want to uh, express uh, it's it's my view based on what I've learned through my life regarding property rights is uh, you're talking about my property. And essentially on a government level is we have certificate of deed, certificate of title. Uh, we do not technically own our property in this country. Sovereign citizenry the constitutional nature of property has been dead for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've, I've heard that, this argument the... before, Don, and um, but what I've got to say on that is a person, you know, like when I bought my property, I was under the impression that I was actually buying the property, not that the government was sort of changing renters' hands or whatever it is, the certificate of deed. And to, to me, when a contract is signed, both people have to be, you know, of like mind. That's that's that that's the idea behind a contract. So the people have to, there has to be a meeting of the minds. So therefore, every uh, sale of property in the United States is null and void, as to what you're saying. Is that correct? I'm saying that it's a misconception. I'm saying it's a misunderstanding. That is, there's no reason the government has to educate you any differently. You know, it's it's it's. You, you have your property, you have your rights, you have, you know, you're, you're generating your county tax base, but, you know, equitable counties are a long dead issue. Uh, the government jurisdiction from the state level down. Hello? Oh, man. Sounded like he knew what he was talking He's about. There. He's there. He's still there? Don? Yes. You I'm cut still out there here. for Did a moment. Did I lose you? Yeah, skip back like a sentence or two and, and start over. Go ahead. Well, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, it comes down to fundamental level of the concept of equitable, equitable counties. You know, the counties had their issues pre-World War II where you have to start taking state money and the states start taking federal money. You know, like with county highway or federal highway dollars, you know, you submit your jurisdiction, other sets of rules in accepting that handout. And what are you, what are you getting com- out there? Are you suggesting that uh, counties are somehow owned by the federal government now? Well, I'm just saying they're not as solvent as we wish. We don't pay for our school systems or our highways from our county tax base. No. You know, it's 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 that that's that's where the fundamental break happened. And um, I mean, I I'm sorry if I've gotten off track, and I don't want to dwell on this. That's all um, right. I am working right now, so I do have to get back to that. <laughs> well, I want to you. talk more. <laughs> well, and, we'll be here every. I just, I, I'm glad to contribute to the program. It's just I'm saying is that you know, as sovereign citizenry, us being a king in our own castle on the foundation of, of the constitutional nature of things, that concept has changed. 
you know, fundamentally it's different. Right. They own, the they own us lock, stock, and barrel. They own our property. You know, they own our bodies. We don't barely own anything except what they allow us to. Isn't that basically the situation we have today? Yeah, that's basically what Will I'm getting at. Will people ever stop and putting up with it? Do you think they'll ever stop putting up with it? Will people ever have a line in, their, in, in the sand that will be crossed for them, or will they just march in lockstep all the way down the line to complete totalitarianism? Well, it's complacency. You're comfortable with it. If, if the system works on a comfort level, you're not going to resist it. So as long so as the prison... You have your television, right, you as, have your television, and you have your cars, and you have yep. your services on what you grew up with have no reason to see the change. As, as long as the prison is comfortable, the American people will walk all the way into the gas chambers. Uh, you know, maybe they'll stop there, but by then it'll be too late. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Hour number two is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Elaine is on the line. Hopefully she'll hang through the news. You can take control of the airwaves. We talk live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. As we launch here in hour number two of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Mark, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for their sites. Ours is free, and uh, I think we offer more for free than they offer in their paid areas. So you can verify that claim for yourself. If you'd like, at freetalklive.com, we go right into your phone calls and start with Elaine, who's been waiting patiently, uh, listening in Tampa to WFLA. Hello, Elaine. Hey, how are you? Hey, just great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to let you know that I totally, 100% agree with what you did because the government has gotten out of hand, and uh, they had an article in the paper not long ago that they were going to go around and monitor and look for people, properties that were in violation of codes. Oh, yeah. They've been doing that forever. They just started that in Tampa. I used to live in Sarasota, and they had uh, you know code enforcement guys that that was their job, as I understood it, was to putter around town all day and look for that stuff. Yes, and this friend of mine who is a vet of World War II, he was so happy that they were doing it. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, <laughs> you think this is okay? He said, sure. I said, no, wow. it's not okay. He says, well, how do you get the person to clean up their yard? I said, you go over there and ask them if you can help them. So leave you- the government out. That is a, a completely neighborly way of doing things, and I wish more people thought like you did. And, and what a shame that somebody who considers themselves a, a veteran who probably exactly. believes that he went and fought for freedom exactly. would possibly Thank say you. something like that. Well, one point I want to make before I hang up, because this is what I wanted to make, that most of these police officers, most of these judges, most of these senators, and all of these government workers fought in the Army at one point, or served, or is in some sort of branch of uh, reserves or something. And you know what? They go, and then they come back here, and they take our rights away. 
It's really outrageous, and you're absolutely. I think your observations are, are spot on. Unfortunately, I I think we're in the minority, Elaine. I think most people are uh, what's you know the last caller last hour suggested. They're just going along to get along. Uh, everything's all right as long as they can still uh, have their television at night and their six pack of beer, and they can get up in the morning and they can choose which way they leave the driveway. That's enough freedom for them, and uh, to them they still live in the freest country on earth, which may still be a, a, a true claim. Uh, but at the same time, it, we're quickly. I think we're quickly losing the ability to make that claim because yeah, well because like i said most of these people become socialist after they get out of the army or go to work for the government they forget who they're fighting for right they well, well they, they get orders from on high the u.s government right. and, and that's the one that provides them with their paycheck and their food and all that other stuff and it's a it's a very socialist system you can't leave it and without getting thrown in jail and uh, i've heard many military guys get out and say you wish to have the draft back because it taught oh, me how to you know all kinds of good stuff and well, that's, right. you know, fine and dandy it taught you. That's fabulous, but that doesn't mean we should have the draft. Do you think... Right, uh, right. Well, especially to come back here and do what this police officer did to this man that, that called into your show. That was totally hideous. You know, the other thing, yeah. Elaine, is, uh, and, and I thank you. I'm glad you appreciated uh, what I went through. In, in case people don't know, I, I spent I, the last I weekend totally in jail. Agree. I spent the last weekend in jail because I made a stand for uh, for property rights in a courtroom yeah. and asked some questions they didn't want me to ask. Uh, by the way, you can see the video of that over at freekeen.com. You probably have to scroll down to uh, the, the yeah, end of the page. Well, but you probably should have carried it out to the end. Yeah. Uh, I doubt you would have lost your girlfriend. You're probably a nice-looking dude. You probably, She'd probably been there calling you on the phone, and, and uh, you could reverse the call. I, but I probably would have waited out. Well, you know, it's easy to it's it's easy to call that from uh, from where you are, but when you're behind bars and people are I having know, their lives terrible. disrupted, it's a completely different situation. And maybe what I'd you know what I'd really like to see is those people that are advocating that I should have just stuck it out. I would love to invite all of you who love liberty enough uh, to come up here to New Hampshire, join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org, and then you know come up here and and show us how it's done. Because I can tell you that uh, there just aren't enough of people like us, Elaine. There aren't enough people that are are no. sick and tired that have had it up to here, that are, are fed up to the point where they're willing to do something about it. A lot of people are upset. Uh, a number of people know something's wrong. They realize there's something inherently yeah. wrong. They may not exactly know what it is, or they might be able to point to a few things that really piss them exactly. off about what the government is doing, but they're not willing right. to, t- to, uh, to do anything about it because it would mean that the men with guns are going to hurt them and hurt their family and destroy their lives. And how could anybody could, uh, could lie to themselves and believe that they live in anything resembling a free country is just... Bu- it's it's just mind-boggling to me. Any yeah, other thoughts? Well, well if, if we continue to give in one way to the government and not in another way, for instance, registering our guns, I said that is totally ridiculous. Now the government knows you have a gun. Yeah. So, so as long as you go by certain laws in some areas and not in others, the government can have their way with you. Well, if if the gun owners and Mark, you actually had a gun-related story tonight uh, in regards to uh, ammunition. We ammunition get, registration. It's yeah. not enough that you register your guns now. Now they want you to register each bullet. Well, that's where I wanted to go right, with this. And, right. and Elaine, I thank you for the call. It was great hearing from you. And so, uh, head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to get a chance and send us your picture for the Shrine of Female Listeners if you can. But I thank you for the call. And that's where I wanted to go with this, Mark, was that if you let them take one step and then you let them take another step, 
and you keep letting them take steps, eventually you are going to be a complete surf. And they, and they always take that, another step. When, when the government takes a step, it's not like a business or an individual taking a step. When the government take, takes a step, it's not going to back off without uh, you know, uh, huge lawsuits uh, you know, that, that take up forever. And they finance their lawsuits off of your tax dollars. Yeah. The gun owners lost. They lost the battle for gun rights. When they gave in to the first regulation. Here's the, and you know what the first regulation was? Banning no, was convicts from own, ex-convicts from owning weapons. Really? This is what it was back in the 20s. Violent convicts weren't allowed to own weapons back when they, when, when they got out. Mm. I, I don't know what the reason was. Maybe some violent convict committed a crime and somebody thought that by banning them from having weapons that you could uh, somehow prevent them from, from <laughs> g- committing crimes as though they couldn't get them in a country where there's nine guns for every yeah. ten people and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about that no matter how many laws you write. Ludicrous. And so... First they came for the ex-convicts, and I wasn't an ex-convict, so, so I, I said know. nothing. Right, those right. criminals, stick it to them. Right? That's, that's how yeah. people feel. They don't think that uh, ex-cons should have weapons. Well, I'm an ex-con. The fact Me is, too now. Yeah, well, you're... you're, you're I'm, how I'm long a, do you have to be in for an ex I'm to a be a felon. Con. Okay, okay, so that's the issue. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I, Look, I've been out for 10 years. Shouldn't I be able to protect my family? Apparently not, Mark. Your the, family has to be... If somebody crawls through your window with a machete, in their in their hand, a blood-stained shirt, and they go after your wife. You're going to have to go hand to hand with that. I'm going to have to get, uh, take him out with a steak knife. Yeah. Um, so, the 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 fact is, the gun, the, the ex-convict rules that we have on guns in this country, they only disarm the good ex-convicts, the guys out there that are trying to fly straight, the guys out there that have families and they're trying to do the right thing. Now they can't protect their families because the bad ex-cons they're going to own weapons whether they you know whether you write a law or not you're damn right in the same way that it, when you when you outlaw guns only guns outlaws, outlaws will have, have guns. guns well when you outlaw guns for ex-convicts only outlaw ex-convicts will have guns dummies there is no level of regulation that these government bureaucrats will say to themselves oh that's a ra- all right that's about enough we've had it uh, no, no more. We're, we're satiated. Uh, we've had enough regulation. And this is we're it. The government's big enough, and we have enough tax money. Uh, that's ludicrous. <laughs> who, who would believe that? I don't know. And do you please, believe that? Wait, if you believe that, if you believe that at some point the government people are just going to just lay it, lay down their pens and stop writing laws. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I want to hear from somebody that actually believes that to be the case. Because they need you, to be committed. You, I mean, you'd have to believe that to be the case, right? I mean, if, you, if you're if you looking at what the government's doing, you're constantly seeing it becoming more intrusive and more oppressive than it ever has been in the past, and you tell yourself, well, that's pretty awful what they're doing to those folks over there, but uh, they're going to stop sometime, and they're not going to come after me eventually, are they? They're going to have to stop at some point, right? Well, I mean, they'll have to stop at some point because everybody will be impoverished because they won't be able to extract any more wealth from from you. I mean, there's a certain economic factor that will stop them, but it won't ever stop them from making new rules. It won't stop them from making new regulations uh, for you to conform your life to and for you to obey. I'd like to hear about one government program that's worked, too. Just call in and tell me about one that's worked. That's sort of like the classic Free Talk Live question, and, right. and no one ever answers it. You know, I'll make my explanations on what work means uh, later if somebody actually does yeah, call in. Yeah, try to answer that. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. What government program has worked, has met its original goals uh, that you're satisfied with, you feel good about? 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. The number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're completely free. So enjoy those on us, including the wiki. Over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive for free. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Hey, check out Bureaucrash's Podcrash, where your host, Zach Fix, provides an interesting, principled look at the issues. Listen in as uh, they discuss activism, market alternatives to government services, and cultural issues with liberty-minded thinkers, musicians, entrepreneurs, and activists. Part entertaining, part informative, always pro-freedom at Bureaucrash.com. That's Bureaucrash.com. You know, I mentioned, Mark, that I was going to uh, talk about the plea bargains, and it completely slipped my mind. So I want to make sure I just briefly get that out. Uh, that idea out there. We've been talking so far tonight, I mean, to some extent, about this sort of continuous rise of government, that they're always creating new regulations, new programs, new rules, new laws, and they expect you to jump through every single hoop they put up for you. So uh, the question earlier was, of course, well, where's your line in the sand? Does anybody, do, do most people in America even have a line in the sand? Probably not. Uh, but we're also talking about plea bargaining and the fact that if People who were gone after for the most nonsensical of things, whether it be a couch in the yard or whether it be marijuana possession or whatever the new regulation might be that they're trying to control your life with. If they come after you and you actually don't take the plea bargain that they're trying to push in your face and you take it all the way to trial, okay, yeah, you are at a a greater risk of spending more time in in a prison cell. I understand that's kind of the scary deal and that's why people take plea bargains. But at the same time, if there was some sort of mass concerted effort to not take plea bargains, if all of a sudden 50% of the people that were charged with simple drug possession during one uh, given period of time decided to take it to trial, there would be no way, no possible way for those government people to schedule any of those trials in a... uh, a good percentage of those trials in a uh, speedy manner. They would not be able to get their right to a speedy trial. They would be backed up. The courts would be backlogged with cases from here out to eternity if people would just stop taking the plea bargains. And if they would stop taking the plea bargains, maybe then they would stop arresting people for those uh, so-called crimes in the first place. If the if the founding fathers had imagined the, the atrocity that is plea bargaining um, in the very first place, they would have made it unconstitutional. I'm mm. certain of it. The fact is plea bargaining hurts everyone but the government the the average individual yeah. out there who's supposed to be protected from the criminal look if a person commits a crime whether that crime's murder or uh, you know in what way they hurt or steal from their neighbor they should do the time on that crime uh, i i was in prison for eight and a half years i saw a lot of people in there that uh, managed to uh, you know do less time than the, the the crime they were prescribed for now the the fact is the in the criminal they often, people like myself, will take pleas for things that they didn't do simply because they believe that the, you know, the, the amount of time that they're going to do is worth it. I thought that I was going to do three years for, for the thing. It turns out that they ended up you know, changing the laws and extending my um, sentence way the heck out there. I ended up doing eight and a half. So I, I figured it wasn't worth taking it to trial for that amount when I likely would get something similar to that anyway. So why bother? And, you know, why bother putting my family through it? Why bother taking a chance of getting a larger sentence? Why mm-hmm. bother all that stuff? The criminal loses. The citizen loses. Only the state. The victim loses because 
Well, shouldn't the criminal do the? Shouldn't the criminal have to do the whole stint and and the victim, of course, has to pay for the uh, um, the incarceration, know, the incarceration in the yeah. judicial system in in the form of taxes, like everybody else does. The only people that win is the government. Creating a huge industry behind prisoning, imprisoning but, people. But then again, that's all. But but taking, but not taking plea bargains requires some level of gumption. It requires some level of courage and willingness to face what might come as a result of that. And I don't blame people for not wanting to. I don't blame them for that. I don't blame them for being scared. What we are dealing with is a scary group of men and women who are willing to to to, to hurt innocent people and to throw folks in cages that have and in prison cells that have never harmed others. And that's a pretty scary situation. But if for somehow there could be some sort of concerted effort to just stop putting up with this crap, everything could change. But as long as you aren't willing to change and your next door neighbor isn't willing to change and your friends aren't willing to change, then what you can expect to happen is them to create more new rules and regulations for you to abide by, for you to obey. And when you mess up, for them to offer you another uh, for a plea bargain or to, to extract money from you until you're poor and, uh, and in the streets. And then you get to uh, look to them to take care of you because you can't go to the churches because apparently they're kicking homeless people out of churches now in New York City. Let's go to your phone calls. Talk to John in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Yeah, I actually work in a homeless shelter, ironically. Um, however, we got a little bit of a catch with ours. It actually turns out that we actually take people from DSS, so we get our money from the government, which mm. means there's a lot of interesting strings attached. Like what? But, uh well, actually, they, they can actually pull our permit. Uh, this is the interesting story. Um, I actually worked in a shelter last year, and what happened was um, it turns out we moved the, the shelter across the street from the mayor, and the mayor didn't like the idea of poor people living across the street from him. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> to say the least, uh, that shelter didn't last too long. Ironically, when we got kicked out of the shelter and they shut it down, it was like a few days after Christmas, as if he had just been waiting for after Christmas. This way he didn't have to deal with the media story about heartless mayor kicking right. poor people on the street before Christmas. And that was a really that, that shelter was right down the street from me too, and now I have to work one that's like eight miles from my house, and really annoys me. I can't. I really, I really hate that guy, whoever the mayor of that town was. Mm-hmm. Hate that man with a passion. But um, that's one of the first reasons I called. The second reason I called is actually I have like an interesting little uh, victory report. Okay. A good one. Good one. Uh, you guys a little while ago you talked about that um, <clears throat> in California the homeschooling where they were going to not allow people to homeschool anymore. Uh, well, they were basically some... not going to allow people to homeschool unless they were teachers. You had to be you had to be teacher certified to homeschool, and and it's obvious that it's a ruse to uh, stop homeschooling entirely. Yeah, they need to keep everybody you know well indoctrinated. You know, sure. keep them like that. <laughs> but uh, either way, actually, uh, I got a little alert from this group called the ACLJ or Thomas More, one of those like Christian law groups. That actually turns out that uh, they dropped the case, and now that ruling is moot, the kids can uh, homeschool or the people can homeschool now. Well, for now they can. That's good news, yeah. I guess. But, uh, you know, it's not a very good environment out there for that in California. I, mean, you, I can only imagine what those parents feel like. They must feel like the axe is just hanging over their head, just waiting for it to drop. I mean, they managed to save themselves this time around, but how much more time do they have left? I thank you for the call tonight, John. Appreciate hearing from it's, you. No problem. Steve. It's not a very good environment for people who love freedom in California, period. No, peri- you're absolutely right about that. The toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Talk to Ken in California. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Uh, I heard you earlier talking about the uh, felony and the uh, uh, firearm possession. Yes, sir. I don't know if were you aware that also in this country, if you have a misdemeanor and it involves domestic violence, that there's a federal law prohibiting you from owning a firearm as well? I've heard of this, and there's other misdemeanors, too, that they'll try to get you on. Um, right, as far and as... That's, but that's for life. That's a lifetime ban for a misdemeanor. 
It's crazy. Whether it's whether it's domestic violence or what, what's next? I don't know. You know what's crazy about that is in many places, violations. in many places, if somebody calls in a domestic violence call to the police, they have a mandate to arrest. And I thank you for the call, Ken. There's a mandate to arrest one party, at least one party. Now, who do you think gets arrested the most? The one with the Y chromosome. It's the man. The man gets arrested the most because uh, even if the, he, even if he didn't do anything, he's they got, arrest the he's guy. He's got that uh, you know more powerful shoulder girdle. Right, and in a lot of cases, it is the women that start the violence. Believe it or not, in more some on cases. the way. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. They include the updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on that list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. According to the uh, Computer Privacy Handbook, Normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative, privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. You can sign up for a free account today at privacyharbor.com. All right, as we continue with your phone calls about what you want, we'll start with Jack listening in New Hampshire. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jack. Jack in New Hampshire going once. Jack in New Hampshire going twice. Let's try John in Indianapolis, or Indiana, rather. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello, uh, Ian. Hello, Mark. Uh, this is John Galt speaking. John, <laughs> welcome to the program. You're on the air. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I have a fantastic idea, among other ideas, for getting people to come up there to, to New Hampshire. I know that recently there was something really idiotic that the that these uh, holes there, <laughs> you can add the mass if you want there, mm-hmm. uh, decided to uh, vote at the polling places they got stupid and um i think that we should maybe reach out to the people living in the border towns the towns that that border um you know new hampshire what you're uh, referring to is the massachusetts vote this past mm -hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago when they had the opportunity to vote on repealing the income tax you think to yourself that even though americans are relatively ignorant about most of the issues out there you'd think that if they were given the opportunity to lessen the burden of the state to free up significant chunk of their income for their own disposal you'd think they'd jump at the opportunity but no 70 percent of Massachusetts voters voted in favor of keeping the income tax. It's just mind-boggling. So I agree with you. Uh, reaching out to Massachusetts liberty lovers is definitely something that people who are looking to recruit for the Free State Project should do. And of course, and, as a matter of uh, fact, yeah. they're working on that uh, to some extent. So yep. somebody's somebody's on that that idea. They now. jumped all okay, over well, that. I've got I've got I've got a great one for that idea. I've got a lot of different ideas. In fact, I'd, I'd love to come up there, and uh, if you guys have got a job for me. Um, I'd like to be a full-time activist and also help train and also help do activist theater and get some good PR for 
for the Free State Project, which I think we might be needing some of that. Well, I, I don't have a job for you, but there's That's, lots of there there's are, lots of jobs. The, the New Hampshire economy is the best in the Northeast, yeah. so if you're looking for work, uh, this you're, is a pretty okay. good place to get it. And there was a study recently that showed that of certain smaller areas in which to live, so excluding big cities, I, I forget what the population range was of this uh, study. It was like it was like up okay. to 100,000 population, I think. Uh, they took a look at that. Uh, they took a look at various different cities, like 150 cities around the country, smaller cities, and they found that a number of them were in New Hampshire. Like in the top ten, three of the top ten cities were in New Hampshire, and number one was, I believe, Lebanon, New Hampshire, and number three was our very own Keene. Uh, so they called these things very uh, very resistant to a recession, and sure enough, you know, there's hiring signs all over the place here, Fantastic. whereas in Michigan, for instance, where everybody's trying to get the hell out, it's uh, it's kind of a different story. Okay, well, here's, here's, my, here's my idea, and I'll, I'll try and be as brief as I can. All right, go ahead. Okay, we go to the border towns and stuff, and tell them that 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 uh, you're part of the thirty percent. You know, we'll just assume right away that these folks are part of the thirty percent that thought that it was a dumb idea. We reach out to them. We say, look, we, and we can do this really on the cheap too, and get a lot of a lot of good publicity. Have folks uh, have T-shirts on saying "State Border Here." This is the New Hampshire State Border. We've we've encompassed these little towns and stuff. You don't have to be a part of Massachusetts anymore. Obviously, it'd be harder to actually pull it off, but just <laughs> effort. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a nice idea to actually it move the. The state you think about it. to move the state border is a fine idea. Unfortunately, you're talking about a political battle that would be never ending. Right. And I thank you, John, for the call. Hope to but, but, hope to have I'm, you come I'm up just... here at some point. We got to move on. We got other callers, but I thank you. You're always welcome to call on Monday night. So, uh, yeah, it's a nice idea. They tried that with Killington, uh, Killington, Vermont, which is a now to be fair, Killington, Vermont is not right on the border. But Killington, Vermont, actually explicitly, the people there were interested in ex- in essentially seceding from New Hampshire and joining, excuse me, seceding from Vermont and joining New Hampshire. Whatever happened to all that? Nothing. Because Vermont's not going to let them go. Vermont, and same in the same way, Massachusetts isn't just going to let those people go. It's not going to say, oh, well, you know, well, we've enjoyed your tax dollars. Okay, see you later. Now you can join the state of New Hampshire. It's just not going to work out, unfortunately. If you, if you disagree and you'd like to tell me why that's not the case, 1-800-259-9231. But, Mark, I mean, come on. I mean, these... These state government people—they're not going to want to lose their tax base. No, they're they'll not. fight tooth I mean, they're, and nail. They're going to—that tooth and nail is exactly how they'll fight. It'd be much easier to just find those liberty-loving individuals that happen to live there, and of course, all across the country and all around the world. If you love liberty and you understand that in order to be free, you have to allow your neighbors to also be free. If you understand that, you should be here with us. You should be active uh, so we can actually achieve liberty in our lifetime. FreeStateProject.org is a, is the website to go to to learn more about that movement. We continue with your. Calls. Mark is on the line in Ohio. You're on free. Oh, excuse me. Yes, Mark is there. Mark. Yes. yes. Hey there. Hey, uh, I've got a cheap way uh, to protect your property if they would happen to bring in uh, dog sniffing dogs. Wait, what kind of dogs? Uh, well, well, sniffing dogs. What would they be? Drugs what would they be sniffing or, for? Drugs? Or or drugs? Well, I don't want to hide drugs, but. You know, guns or something, something okay. that, that you want to hide would be, or if you're on the run out in the woods and they're chasing dogs, uh, chasing the dogs after you. All right. Is, as long as you have no other animals around or kids around, you could put cups of bleach around your house or around whatever you want, and uh, then the dogs won't be sniffing very long after that. 
So are you talking about just setting a cup of bleach out or just pouring the bleach around the certain area you don't want the dogs to be? Well, you can do either, but uh, to make it last longer, you can put the bleach in a cup. And you're saying that just having a bleach bleach in a cup is enough to, to scare a dog away? Well, if you stop and think about uh, what bleach does to a human being, uh, you cannot breathe that stuff in very much. So, so you're saying once, the dogs are more sensitive and they'd be uh, more, or they'd be yeah. less likely to to put up with that. I've heard that uh, yeah. pepper pepper will ruin a good dog's nose. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I I don't advocate <laughs> uh, ruining a good dog's nose for nothing. But if uh, that dog's being used to uh, violate freedom. I guess exactly. that that's what you have Thanks to do. Thanks for the suggestion, and thank you for the call. I don't know if uh, if we have any more animal experts, perhaps, listening that could uh, could verify that claim. I've never heard it before. I've heard the pepper thing. I've never heard bleach. That's an idea. Let's continue with your calls. Talk to Jay, listening to WFLA in Tampa Bay. Hello, Jay. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, after watching uh, Congress browbeat those executives this week, you know, Telling them they need to compromise, they need to to do a better job at what they do. Yeah. The government made no offer of any concession of any type at all. What kind of concessions? Conceding towards what? Giving money to the automakers? Lift cafe standards. Lift environmental regulations that they're pinned under in order to build the cars. Mm. All kinds of things like that, and that and that could go for every industry in the United States. It's you know, hogtied by regulations, be it federal, yeah. state, or local. It'd be an I'm economic a boom. Down here on, on the Gulf Coast, I got jobs on the board. I can't do it because I'm waiting for permits oh. from somebody in Tallahassee to stamp a paper. Yep. If customers got money, he wants to spend it. I got guys out of work. This is how it always goes with uh, regulations, and, and I know that people get a little scared when you talk about uh, doing away with uh, in, environmental regulations, but think about it for a second. We're really handled by the court system in this area. If I suddenly buy a new car that shoots acid out of the top and uh, you know sprays it all over every place and destroys things and affects uh, people's property, well, they can sue me. Right. Exactly. That's what the system's supposed to be. And if... The government won't voluntarily get out of our way and let the economy do what it can do, and it, they could solve this problem in, in very, very short You're order. You're absolutely right, but they have no if interest in solving the problem. Does, if the government doesn't do it, they'll be forced to do it when the entire system implodes. Well, that's and, true. By that and time, nobody's though, got any money to pay any taxes, and, and you know, everyone comes to a grinding halt. By that time, anything could happen. Who knows what will happen if it gets to that point. I thank you for the call. You're right. They thank could you. very easily uh, fix this situation by letting off, but <laughs> that's just not their game. They don't do that. Government grows. More on the way. You take control. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves if you dial the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are on the site for free, and if you like the show and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. You just start your shopping, holiday shopping, stuff you need for life, whatever. Amazon sells it. 41 categories, used items, even new items, of course, as well. Whatever it is you buy, Free Talk Live gets a cut of you. Enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 
In a four-week clinical trial, participants were advised to maintain their normal eating habits and exercise habits, and without changing their daily routine, 83% of the participants using the key component in DEXC20 lost weight and 72% lost inches off of their waist. DEXC20 has done both of these things for me, and it can do it for you. DEXC20. Go to Walgreens, CVS, GNC. It's in the gold box. DEXC20. Doesn't give you those weird jitters that a lot of diet pills do. Dexy 20. We continue with your phone calls about whatever you want, and then if we get a chance, we'll tell you what happened to the schools that decided to ban sodas, or sugary drinks, as they call them in the article. But first, we go to Seth in New Hampshire. Seth, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, guys. Hey, I what's was, on your uh, mind? wanted to call in about um, what Mark said about gun control. He mentioned that uh, the first gun control law was uh, had to do with convicts not being able to carry guns. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is that is partially true in that it was a very early one of the first major gun control laws. It was in the 1960s, though. But the, well, that, was, that was the one for um, all, all felons in the 60s. Uh, it was for violent felons in the 20s. Was my understanding, Seth? And I, you know, I, I didn't. No, ha- I don't right. have the facts sitting in front of me, so. Yeah, well, I wasn't calling to nitpick. I was actually calling in more for like the, the interest's sake. The very first gun control law was in 1640 in Virginia, and it banned blacks. Mulattoes and uh, Indians promoting guns. Interesting. Hmm. When, and, what year was that? Uh, 18, in the 1860s, 16 blacks and Indians um, couldn't own guns. 1640s, and actually 1640s. after after the after the 1640s. Civil War, the Jim, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Plymouth, uh, 1620, the Virginia first white men arrived to Virginia in 1620, and they yeah. wasted no time in making sure that uh, black people couldn't own guns. Okay. But the uh, in 1866, the first um, Jim Crow law re- regarding guns was passed, and that was in, I believe, Georgia. That also banned blacks from carrying guns or clubs or any other weapons. Hmm. So uh, it goes back to the idea that uh, an armed man is, uh, or an unarmed man is a slave, and uh, an armed man is a free man. So there you go. Yeah. Thanks for that clarification. Anything else on your mind, Seth? Not at all. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So There are so many people that in the government and that work for the government. I'm not saying every last one of them. There's so many of them that would like to see every gun taken out of the hands of every American. And Seth just you know, proved to me that, in fact, these laws are intended to turn us all into, you know, serfs or states, uh, you know, wards of the state. Well, yeah, you're well, okay, Mark. I see where you're coming from on that, but I mean, come on, let's be fair. The intent of the Second Amendment, as I understand it, was to allow people to defend themselves from common criminals and the other common criminals we know as governments. The governments that would, had gone beyond the their original boundaries, governments had, be, uh, had been encroaching too much. But we all know that that's not going to work either, right? We all know that if you actually were to use your guns for something like that, you'd end up like the, the Waco people. You'd Absolutely. End up, you'd end up dead, and so if you're dead, then you definitely don't have any freedom left. And we know that down in New Orleans, or not New Orleans, but in the uh, the Mississippi and the Louisiana areas after Hurricane Katrina hit, we saw video footage of the, uh, of the local cops as well as some California highway patrolmen, uh, and, and in addition to uh, some of the National Guardsmen going around house to house confiscating people's firearms. So what do you think would have happened if that old lady that they uh, they tackled and, and bro- took the gun from... Dislocated her shoulder or they broke, hurt her. broke her She's shoulder. old. They were young, and they hurt her. Uh, if that old lady had started blasting, what do you think would have happened to her? 
Well, they'd have, they'd have killed her. A hail of yeah, fire. They would have. So, I mean, there's not, that's not really a, a legitimate option for gun owners today. They can't start shooting because then they'll end up dead. And then, of course, they'll just use that, that sort of violence as an excuse to go around and confiscate more firearms. Ah, see, someone has used a firearm. Now we must confiscate them all. So I, I wish that that was something that was even a possibility, but it's not. So it's frustrating because there's not really anything you can do. I mean, you could be disobedient, but nobody wants to be disobedient because then they're the ones that gets their head chopped off. And, you know, everybody gets to see what happens to the disobedient as what happened to me last uh, last week. It wasn't over guns. It was over a couch in the yard. But the the premise is still sound. The idea that if you are the first disobedient, you end up getting hurt. And so nobody wants to be first. Now, look, I'm not advocating violence. I think that's the wrong idea. I think we can achieve liberty through nonviolent, peaceful solutions. It's just that those solutions are few and far between. And if you're not up here in New Hampshire, uh, as Seth is and as we are, and you're not getting active for liberty in various different ways, then you got no hope, man. You can just cross your fingers and hope that they won't regulate you out of business next. I mean, that poor guy that we talked to in Tampa, he's got jobs he's willing to do. He's got customers that are willing to pay him. He's got guys that he's want got, to work for right, him. He's got people he needs to help. But but he can't do anything because the men with guns calling themselves government are saying, Whoa, you've got paperwork you need to fill out there, buddy. I don't see a permit here. You're not going to be able to do any work unless you get our permission to do work first. Now, he could just go ahead and start doing those jobs anyway, and he might get away with it for a little while until one of his competitors finds out about it or until some snitch busybody neighbor snitches him out to uh, some government agency. So eventually, government people are probably going to get wind of the fact that he's gone ahead and done business without asking them for permission first. And what are they going to do? They're going to come swoop in on his business, shut him down. He won't be able to do any more business. He might end up facing criminal charges. And all those people that he was helping will have to go find somebody else yeah, to help them. Right. It, it, the clients and the uh, the employees, all of his employees will have to go find jobs somewhere else as well at the same time. And and so all these people do is ruin lives, and it's just such a frustrating situation because it seems like there's no solution. For most people out there, where they currently are, it seems like all they can do is just keep bowing down. And that's really all you can do. Just bow down and cross your fingers and hope they don't come regulate you next, unless you want to actually take some action, in which case then I recommend the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. If you love liberty. If you don't love liberty and you don't get liberty, well, you shouldn't start with the Free State Project. You should start by educating yourself. You can learn more about that over at link, uh, at our links page on our website. Or, of course, just keep listening to Free Talk Live. We'll uh, clue you in. We go to Ronald listening to WFLA in Tampa. Ronald, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me hey on. I have a actually a solution and... Basically, I have to preface the solution by this, and then I'll get to the the uh, award-winning movie documentary that I originally called in about. But, okay. um, you know, when you're born in the United States, you're given a Social Security number and a birth certificate, and that automatically makes you an employee of the U.S. government corporation, which is a fictional entity, and that birth certificate... No, wait, I, I, don't, I didn't get a... Uh, you don't get a Social Security number right off the bat unless you... I mean, you know, in some hospitals they will, but my son was born in a, a home birth setting, and right. I, I, we had to file in order to get his Social Security You code. had to file, that's right, exactly. So it's, it's either the that or... The information's put out the, there the so that you're 
persuaded into filing. So let's just take it for granted that everybody basically, except for illegal aliens, uh, has a social security number and a birth certificate with an all capitalized name on that birth certificate, creating a fictional entity that is an employee of the U.S. government corporation. That makes sense, right? Uh, no, I've heard all of this. The, uh, we've heard all of this before. It's all very interesting and fascinating, but the reality comes into play when you're standing in front of the men with guns. They don't really care very much about that. Yes, but if you copyright that fictional title <laughs> and own it as your own for whatever amount that you uh, copy, want to copyright it for, a thousand dollars. Are you going to tell? Are you going to tell us you've done this? I am in the process of doing it. And I, I'd I'm encourage you. The, I, I'm sorry. I, I'd encourage you to. to uh, I, I can't remember off, off the top of my head what the name of the blog was, but it was uh, red, redcrayons.com. To go to redcrayons.com and read the uh, the, the blogs about uh, many of the people that have been in this redemption movement that you're talking about here. Well, there's also a great website called redemptionservice.com. Right. How much do they charge is, for their services? I think it's $2,000. There you go. <laughs> Cha-ching. Yeah, you know now, wait, wait, wait. Red crayons, completely free, and you'll find out how good this stuff works in court. Yeah, they're going to uh, throw you in a cell. It's a scam. I'm sorry. You've, you've been scammed. Uh, the men with guns no, don't well, care about this stuff, dude. And I tell you what, you go and you try this out, and please call us back and let us know how it goes. I'm not I saying have, you're I done. I in traffic court. And it works. You when you call out the judge as a not as a sovereign human being, and then ask if he has a claim against. Wait you, a second. Wait a second. Ian did just this in the with the couch situation. The fact is, if it, it depends on what the judge feels like doing, they'll throw your butt in the slammer. Yeah, they wouldn't let me ask one question, dude. So right, well, I, I appreciate break, where you're coming from. Thank you for the call. Redcrayons.net. I've seen Zeitgeist. It's a fine film. All right, 800-259-9231. So, yeah, you let us know how that goes for you, okay? And we'd love to hear, we would love to hear your story. Hour 3 coming up. You take control. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. We'll be launched here in hour number three of the live Saturday edition of the show. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. That number again, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Coming up, what happens when schools ban soda pop? Well, not very much. Well, we'll give you the details. Liberty File is on the line first, calling from Oregon. Liberty File, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, that's Liberty Pile with a P, actually. Liberty Liberty what? Pile. pile. Liberty Pile. Like a pile oh. of liberty. Indeed, sir. What's on your mind tonight? I wanted to talk about uh, the recent uh, civil disobedience in, uh, in New Hampshire that you were engaged in, Ian. And I was curious, um, what was your goal or uh, how productive do you think your, your actions were exactly? Just to bring people up to speed, you're talking about the couch in the yard situation. My tenants had a couch out in their yard for a couple of years. I barely even knew it was there. All of a sudden, the city come, uh, city government people came and started threatening me over it. Uh, I made it clear I didn't appreciate being threatened, that I'd be happy to remove the couch if the uh, complaining party would just come talk to me like an adult. She didn't want to, so I didn't make a move. Uh, and it all came down to a head in a New Hampshire uh, keen courtroom where they threw me into a prison cell because I would not be obedient and uh, bow down before the judge. I did end up uh, begging for mercy after the weekend was over so I could get out and continue on with my life. 
Uh, you're asking, did I think that it was successful? Uh, well, also, what, we, what was your goal? What was my goal yeah, was to a, make a stand. Goal. Uh, my goal was to make a stand and see what they did. And they did what I thought they might do, and that was throw me in a, a jail cell. I made my stand. They threw me in the cell. I did what I could to get out. Uh, as far as the results are concerned, I think they were absolutely positive. I think that uh, we have more people that have committed to move to New Hampshire sooner rather than later, uh, specifically to move to Keene sooner rather than later than we have ever had. And I think it I think it really helped move some people's moving plans up. I think it helped draw some attention to the show. We got coverage on blogs like the Lou Rockwell blog. Uh, we also got coverage on a, a few others at HomelandStupidity.us. It didn't break big Lis- into, into... Listenership went up on uh, the podcast. I know that for sure. Yep. Uh, website hits went up. There was a nice spike over on freekeen.com and a, a, a spike here on, on Free Talk Live as well. And so more attention being brought to the show as a result of that. More contributions have come in from the Amplifier program, which, which we talk about on the show on a nightly basis, which allows listeners to get behind the program and, and help us get the show on more stations. I had double the amount of messages in my AMP folder that I normally do on a weekly basis to process through. Uh, so I actually had to do most of it today just because I didn't have time to get through them all yesterday. So all by, I, I would say by all indicators, it was a, a, a complete success uh, with the exception, perhaps of you know Julia, she had a pretty tough time with my absence, uh, but she was she ended up being all right, obviously. So I would say, yeah, unqualified success. Would it have been better if I'd stayed in for longer? Certainly possible. One could make that argument. But I'm glad I'm out, and I'm glad I'm back here doing this show. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad you're out too. Um, I guess I'm just uh, I'm a skeptic as far as the uh, civil disobedience goes. Um, because if we if you look at the at the history of civil disobedience, the successes that a lot of um, you know, activists, especially liberty activists, point to, are successes with regards to more government being in control of a certain aspect. Like if you look at the civil rights movement, um, that was not an anti-government movement; it was a more government movement. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the, kind of the first time that people are using civil disobedience to get rid of government or to reduce government rather than uh, support more government intrusion. And uh, Would you say that would... Gandhi was supporting more government intrusion? I'm not too familiar with all the political stuff behind that. I mean, I've seen the movie, but I'm not too familiar with the exact I'm political not situation. I've heard uh, with regards to Gandhi, but um, it was just, you know, our system is better than your system kind of thing. I mean, well, it's not like it was, that. we want to rule ourselves um, as a, you know, it was an independence fight in the same way that the American Revolution was an independence fight. But I think that one can claim that the, uh, that, uh, you know, the, the liberty movement is an independence fight because, you know, people want to rule themselves or uh, more or more so. Uh, so I think that there's an argument to be made on that side. And also, I don't I mean, know I, if Rosa Parks... Liberty Pile, I don't know if Rosa Parks had it in her mind to increase the size of government when she went and sat you know, at the front of the bus. I think she just wanted to be able to sit at the front of the bus. So I'm not sure if that's well, always I, true. I, I understand that. See, that's the thing. I mean, that's like, you know, there's always unintended consequences. I mean, of course, I mean, I don't know her. I never spoke to her, but she probably did not think that. But what happened was, you know, government grew by, you know, leaps and leaps and bounds. I mean, even if it was a net benefit for a select group of people, everyone lost. 
by, you know, these massive taxes and these, you know... You're saying that... Liberty uh, Pile. Um, Liberty Pile. Just, uh, now, yeah. we have, on the show, identified a couple of ways to, uh, to, to to see more freedom in your life, and one of them is to, say, pick up and move to a place where that's, you know, either has more freedom or people are going to try to get more freedom. Right. And two, uh, you know, civil disobedience, um, in that, you know, sort of included in the first step is, you know, electing people that care about liberty in those areas, and uh, hopefully they will uh, reduce the size of government and uh, put bulwarks in the in place that uh, prevent government growth in certain areas. And number two is civil disobedience. Um, can you think of some other uh, of you know some other option besides political and civil disobedience? Well, uh, first I would say the politics thing is uh, just a fantasy. I mean, uh, for for a hundred years. Uh, libertarians have been trying to do that, and for 300 years, libertarian philosophers have been writing about that. Uh, to me, that's just, uh, you know, dead. You guys brought up that story about the Massachusetts income tax and uh, that group, uh, small government advocates or whatever it was called. I mean, those people are just living in a fancy land. Um, civil disobedience, um, the jury for me is still out on that because I haven't seen a net gain in in freedom with regards to the civil disobedience. That's are, are you just going to sit out there but, and analyze all oh, this? I understand the critiques. I thank you for the critiques. Have uh, you identified another method besides civil disobedience and trying to get people into the politics, you know, voting for people and, and that kind of thing? Have you identified another method for achieving liberty? In my own life, I can only point to my personal successes of talking to my friends and family. That's, that's, that's but all wait, I have. So you're, 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 you're suggesting education? I mean, I could say that education hasn't worked. It didn't work for John Locke. It didn't uh, work for Lysander Spooner. Please let me finish. It, has, it didn't work for uh, you know, Rothbard, Mises. It didn't work for the Libertarian Party. And my friend, as much as you might try, it's not going to work for yeah, you. Yeah, you can be as educated as you want to be. You can be completely educated. I mean, this show's as about to, education you for, be on liberty. You could be educated completely to the ideals of liberty, but if you don't do something about it, then nothing's going to change. So if what you're saying is that people should just be educated to then go and do more educating, then I wonder if anything is ever going to change. You just think things will spontaneously change if enough people are educated uh, about liberty? I, I'm, I'm not saying that, that education for the sake of education. I mean, you have to change your mind. You have to, your, your, your ideas about what freedom and what liberty really are and what, what personal liberty in your life means uh, will be the will be the change. I I'm of the the mindset that the only way government is going to go away is when we outgrow it, not by uh, you know sitting in jail, uh, or or even things like uh, you know writing books or voting politicians. And I think that humanity just has to outgrow the concept that it's all right to hurt people. I agree with you there. I think that's an important factor, and I think education is a critical factor, but I think at the same time, we also need to be taking action along with that so people and can come the to action, the ideas. The action helps educate people. Also, um, when you get a, in a, people in a geographic area, because at this point, um, government seems to be you know, located for, you know, geographic land masses is what governments uh, control. You can have what you're talking about. More people will reach a synergistic level if you have more liberty individuals located in one geographic landmass. Would you not agree with that? I think that the being in in the same location as other people who who believe the same things you do, I think that's that's pretty important. Um, so why are you but, still in Oregon? Um, I've been to New Hampshire and I, I've checked it out. I, I lived there for a little while, and um, I'm just I'm not convinced yet that, that what? that's you're not convinced the right about what for me. I'm not convinced that. Uh, relocating 
into another area is going to automatically make me freer. So if Why you discovered if you discovered that there were twenty thousand, I'm sorry. Did you think that moving early for the um, the Free State Project was going to make you freer, or did you think that um, that moving early would give you the opportunity to fight for liberty early on and set a ground base for people that would then come and then the 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 freer thing would happen? Um, I'm not really sure how much freedom I thought that. I don't know if he was even moving for the Free State Project. Hang on, I'm going to bring you back to answer that question in, in detail. If you love Liberty and Yard here in New Hampshire, you have to ask yourself why. 800-259-9231. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And uh, those features, by the way, include live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all completely free at listen.freetalklive.com. That'll get you right to the tune-in page. That's listen.freetalklive.com. We've been talking a lot about the Free State Project uh, tonight, and, and, of course, we always mention the Free State Project, not only because uh, they are a sponsor of the show, but also because we're members, uh, participants, rather, of the Free State Project. We moved back in uh, Labor Day 2006, back, uh, back way back then, over two years now, uh, from Florida, from the sun coast of Florida, up here to uh, beautiful New Hampshire. And we did it because, well, there's just no hope for liberty down there. And that's one of the reasons why you might want to consider uh, joining the Free State Project is because, well, do you see liberty on the rise where you are, or is it falling away, falling faster and Florida, faster? you know, the liberty's great, but the old people are voting in more and the more. The weather, you mean. Yeah, the weather's the, great. What did I say? Liberty. The, oh, I'm sorry. The, the weather's great, but the, uh, <laughs> the liberty sucks. The, um, you know, the, 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 unfortunately, the, the big government Yankees moved down there, and they, they want the, the services that they had up in uh, New York City or wherever the heck they were from. Mm-hmm. And they just keep on voting in more and more, except when it comes to schools where they don't want to spend any money. So the, the, the public schools really pretty much stink in Florida. So I want to invite you to learn more about the Free State Project. And I also want to invite you to the Free State Project's Liberty Forum. It's coming up in very early March, the first weekend in March in Nashua, New Hampshire. You'll be able to come up here, meet us, because we're going to be broadcasting live the entire uh, for, throughout the entire occasion. Uh, and you're also going to be able to meet other liberty-oriented superstars like Glenn Jacobs from the WWE. You might know him as Kane. Uh, Richard Heller is going to be there from the Heller versus DC gun decision. Both of those gentlemen are Free State Project members. That's and, right, Kane wrestling down tyranny. That's right, uh, and so he'll be there, and you can meet him and a whole bunch of other great people. Uh, lots of speakers and panel discussions and uh, social occasions, libating dinners yep. and uh, you'll get to talk speeches. to these people. They're there. They're at the, uh, the the event. You'll you'll have an opportunity to get to speak with them. I know Kane was at the last event. Whole bunches of people got uh, pictures of them uh, holding them in a head. And things like that. It was great. That's cool that he's cool. He's fun yeah, with that. He's a, he's a good, a good guy. Really nice guy. All right. So we uh, we continue here because we've been talking with Liberty Pyle about uh, the, the the whole Free State Project idea. And Liberty Pyle is saying, well, he just to recap what he said earlier. He said, well, he didn't think politics works, which, by the way, I'd like to point out that up here in New Hampshire, it seems like the political guys are actually having some success. We've gone from one Free Stater elected to the state house to five, I believe, Free Staters. I've uh, heard now six. I've heard um, four to six, at least four. Four, four to six and, and 95 
um, or excuse me, 98 New Hampshire Liberty Alliance endorsed candidates. Right. They made it into the state house. So those are people that would have shown up in the libertarian quadrant on the Nolan chart. Right. Right. So so the political guys seem to be having some success here. The civil disobedience and non-cooperation is all happening here. I haven't heard of any other liberty-oriented civil disobedience or non-cooperation happening anywhere else but inside New Hampshire. The liberty-oriented media like Free Talk Live, our friends over at Free Minds TV, Liberty Conspiracy, and the New Hampshire Free Press, AnarchyInYourHead.com, all this great liberty media all being generated here in New Hampshire. Where else is it happening? I mean, yeah, there are the old-school sort of liberty magazines like Reason and, and Liberty and the you know the Libertarian Party's got their newsletter. But, I mean, so there's these old-school magazines out there, but what's new? What's new on the liberty scene being generated? It's all coming out of New Hampshire. So with all that in mind, uh, Liberty Pyle still is sounding uh, in Oregon. That's his name, apparently. He's still sounding non, you know, non, not really that interested in what's happening here. And, and you said you actually moved to New Hampshire. At what time in your life did you do that, uh, Mr. Well, Pyle? Uh, last year um, for the – I believe it was the Liberty Forum. I wanted to check that out, and so I stayed around for – a month and a half, two months or so, and I just kind of drove around the state and stayed in different areas and stuff and met some people. And um, just to kind of, you know, check the state out, I'd never been to New Hampshire before, and mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to get a feel of, you know, what was around and job issues and just the people and just, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I was there for almost two months, not quite two months, though. And you're saying that uh, you met a bunch of these liberty activists and you weren't impressed, so you went back home. I didn't meet a lot of the people that are um, in Keene. I, I only went into that Keene area once. Well, there's no, there, there are liberty members. activists all across the state. You said you went I, to the I, Liberty I, Forum, I spent, right? I did spend most of my time, though, on the uh, in the Manchester, Concord, and coastal areas, I uh-huh. guess, is where I spent most of my time. So I didn't get – I went way up north a couple times, too, but um, as far as – in the Keene area, I didn't stay that Right, that's not that important. My point here is there are liberty activists all across the state. You said you went to the Liberty Forum, didn't you? Yes, yes. So you had the the opportunity to meet literally hundreds of activists all in the same place. You're saying you weren't impressed with that? You weren't, you were that wasn't well, something I mean, that was... I think it's great that, that people are getting together to, you know, talk about ideas and stuff, but I mean, that's not really specific to New Hampshire. I mean, you can go to any number of Liberty Conferences anywhere. And can you? Way more. Than well, that. you can go to Liberty Conferences as the Liberty right. Forum is a conference, but um, are those people living in that state? Do you have the quantity per capita of Liberty activists in that state where that Liberty Conference is being held? Is really well, the question. Definitely not, for sure. For right. sure, New Hampshire has probably the most. You know, I I can totally ever. appreciate that that maybe you know New Hampshire didn't strike you when you moved here. When I first moved here, I was ready to leave in, in less than a month. To me, I, I just I just didn't dig it. I, I had grown up in Florida. It was all you know that was all I knew, and that's where I wanted to be. But um, you know, now after two years. This is my home, and I don't want to move to Florida. So, you know, maybe, maybe for the winter, maybe I'll snowbird some point in my life, but not today. That's not what I'm looking for. But the the point is isn't whether one likes New Hampshire or not. The point is, does one think that moving twenty thousand liberty-loving individuals to one state, a small state, would have some effect on the governance there, and you know, achieve liberty in your lifetime? Um, I I do not think that liberty will be achieved in my lifetime. That's one thing that I've. Do you mean liberty by? I, I, so do you mean liberty by um, no no government whatever or 
No government, zero. Okay, so are you, you throwing mean, in the uh, towel? Are, are you? Are, would you? Would you be willing to accept half of the governance that you currently have? Well, I don't accept any of it. Would you be? Would you prefer it? Um. I don't know if I can really answer. A pro- wow. Th- I, I got nothing, nothing for you, man. man. For Thanks for the call. Thanks. God bless. You enjoy yourself out there in Oregon, dude. <laughs> God bless. Amazing, isn't it, Mark? Isn't it amazing the, 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 the mental gymnastics that some of these liberty, supposedly liberty-loving people will go through to avoid actually doing anything? Oh, well, I can't achieve liberty in, in my lifetime, so I might as well not do anything about it except to educate myself. Great. Well, there are a lot of books you can read, man. Let's I got continue. nothing to say. Yeah, let's continue. Talk to Rob in South Carolina, listening to WSCFM. Hello, Rob. Rob, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah, good evening. Hey, you guys. Hey, are you talking right into your phone, Rob? I I am. Okay, very good. So it just sounds a little muffled. Go ahead. Uh, Unfortunately, it's a cell phone because I'm in a vehicle. But uh, one of you guys, I mean, I like a lot of stuff you say, but then one of you sounded a little weak on the Second Amendment there. What do you mean? Are you kidding? Go ahead. I'm not kidding. It sounded like you said, well, it wouldn't do much good to, uh, you know, you, you sit up with your gun, you might get killed like the little old lady could have gotten killed down in Louisiana. I'm going to bring and, you uh, back. Hang on. I want to want to clarify this because I think that maybe we didn't make ourselves clear. We're going to uh, bring Rob back Let here. Let him rake us over the coals. Yeah, 800-259-9231. I don't think you'll find any bigger supporters of the Second Amendment around here. I don't think you'll find any bigger supporters of uh, gun freedom on the radio. I think you should be able to own a bazooka if you want to. It's free talk live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a free talk live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, by the way, I want to uh, let you know that some of those features on the website include the live streams, the, broad, uh, the broadband dial-up, webcam versions, the updates, the wiki, the archives, so much for free. Those other talk show hosts charge you for their sites, so enjoy ours on us at freetalklive.com. We continue with your calls, and we go back to Rob listening in South Carolina to WSC-FM. Now, Rob, you'd suggested that you maybe you misheard earlier, but you thought that we were kind of weak on the Second Amendment. Go ahead with your thoughts. I want to give you a chance there. Yeah, well, I hope you weren't weak. I hope you, you're you're taking the right stand. The deal is, it sounded like you were saying, well, the law enforcement uh, people, the army, whatever, are, are just so large that they could easily overwhelm you. We'd all end up like the Branch Davidians down in Texas. I understand that premise, and unfortunately, some blood may have to be shed at some time because, uh, you know, the first war for independence when uh, they stood up against the British Army, that was the largest standing army in the world, the largest navy in the world, and with only maybe 30% of the people really supporting independence, they fought, their, our forefathers fought and won that war. Uh, there was a second war of independence, which you know was fought, started down here in, at Fort Sumter. But, Unfortunately, uh, we moved the largest army in the world into our backyard, and now we have to deal with them here. 
I I agree, <laughs> but you know, uh, some blood will probably be shed before this whole. Thing I hope is you're wrong. I I don't uh, Thomas, want Thomas Jefferson said that the uh, that the tree of liberty must uh, must be watered from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants, and I I I don't know I that I necessarily part. agree that that that's the the route that things have to take. I I hope that we don't have to kill people in order to get liberty. But I think that the the point that my partner was trying to make on this one, and, and I think it's valid, is that the Second Amendment doesn't matter mostly because the people, because we have it, supposedly, people who have guns up to this point haven't used them. The Branch Davidians didn't even use them to do anything. They killed themselves. Well, they did shoot at some of the cops, but but my point was very simple, and that is that uh, while I support the concept of defending oneself, and I I have an a- I've got an AK-47 upstairs right now, okay, uh, so I I, lo- I like guns, and I'm all in favor of people being able to possess whatever guns they want to. In fact, I think all of the gun laws should be absolutely abolished, and we should have uh, real real freedom uh, to own the things that we want to own. Uh, but all that said, if they come knocking on my door tonight, it's not going to do me any good to start blasting. Do you see where I'm coming from there? I, I understand that, and I understand what you're saying there. Like I said, however, somebody's going to have to take a stand at some time. I hope. Well, that's I why I'm saying that people don't. Sh- they, I, I see where you're coming from, and I think that yes, you're right. There is a certain point at which, when the tyr- the tyranny becomes so bad, and the police state becomes so obvious and so tyrannical that yes, violence will have to be reached. I hope we don't get to that point because I think that we can make stands without violence. I think we can do nonviolent, you know, peaceful non-cooperation and civil disobedience long before we ever get to the point where the stand has to become a violent one. So I'm in agreement with you, but I'm well, going to do everything I possibly can to avoid getting to to that point of, of mass violence, because that's not anywhere anybody wants to be. Well, God God willing, we would never reach that point. Very uh, good. But we've got some, some folks that are in Washington coming into power now that uh, all three of the top people that, that we can name in our government will be people that would like to do away with our Second Amendment rights. And we're going we're gonna to see a time very soon we're going to have to take stands. So I hope it can be first, first and foremost, of course, will be, be civil stands and stands that we can take. Fair enough. Uh, it sounds like we're on a similar page. Style. Thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate All hearing right. from you. Let's continue with Larry listening in Michigan to WSJM FM. Hello, Larry. Yeah, hello. Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Okay, I was uh, taking issue with uh, the fellow who took the stand on the, on the couch issue. That would be me. That'd be you. Okay. Uh do you remember the uh, days of the IRA in, uh, in Ireland? I, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with it, but I was not around uh, okay, and, probably. And the hunger strikes? Uh, not familiar with that. Do, do no, tell me. Okay. Fill me in. Well, you know, they, uh, they, took, a, they could, took a stand, right or wrong, about uh, their issue, and they were willing to go to prison and die as a hunger strike mm-hmm. for their cause. Now... I'm listening to you, first-time caller, first-time listener. Okay. Welcome. And you're saying that you went to jail on some kind of a couch issue. I don't even know what that was about. But it was too much for you to bear, and then you, I don't know, relented or whatever, and, and couldn't stand it anymore. Oh, I could stand it. I just oh, did, I couldn't, couldn't stand the idea no, no, of no, what no, was wait. happening on the outside. You couldn't stand it, so you had to... Whatever, because you thought you were more important to the radio station to be on the air, and you know you you you've lost really 
all credibility on your your issue. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to know that uh, you know there are people that feel differently than you. Some people have uh, really been appreciative of what it was that I did, and so you know, just because I decided to bail out after three days as opposed to uh, 93 days, I don't think means I'm less credible, sir. But the issue is, you don't have conviction to go. You know, the last mile, sir. Most people wouldn't have the conviction to go as far as I did. No, no, no. But you, you make the point of being the bigger person to go to jail, whatever. But, you know, you don't go that last mile. So, you know, so you don't have really any credibility. Now, I agree with all that you're, you're saying. And, you're, and you're, you know, you're, uh, your partner there on the station who went to jail for whatever, I don't even know, for eight and a half years. Yeah, that was, that was, that was uh, for a, that, a murder that, charge in Florida. That's long, long impressive. Long. Well, it's, that's impressive? You know, for 93 days. He was wrongfully incarcerated, but that's impressive no, that's to you? No. I'm not saying he didn't do the right thing and shouldn't have been incarcerated and and didn't do the time. But I'm saying you come across as being this bigger-than-life person because, you know, all of a sudden you, you, well, I've got a cave, and because I'm more important on the radio to have people listen to me about, you know, my issues. You know, I agree with what you're saying, but you don't have any credibility, you know, by caving, you know. So how many days of the 93-day sentence would it have taken for me to get credibility with you, sir? No, I, 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 don't, know what, I don't even know what the issue was. But I'm saying well, how would you know I don't have credibility then? You, my you, question you, is, you if you're saying you, I don't have credibility because I walked out after three days, how many days of the 93-day sentence should I have stayed in in order to gain credibility with you? Because you thought that it was more important that you cave to be on the radio and tell us about your nine. No, sir. That was only one reason. No, sir. That was only one reason. My primary motivation was because uh, I understood that my girlfriend was having a relatively difficult time and I wanted to be back with her rather than sitting in a jail cell. Is there something wrong with caring about your loved ones? These guys went. I'm talking about the the, the, the hunger strike guys. They didn't care. Their, Their decision to do what they did was more important and their family and their loved ones. Great. I wasn't willing to die as I was not willing to die on this particular issue, sir. I was willing to stand up and be non-cooperative to the point where I was thrown in a jail cell, but I wasn't willing to go all the way on this. So for some reason that makes me uncredible? Well, why not? Why weren't you why weren't I already you told you why not? It's because I have loved ones at home that I no, that no, I care no, about, no, sir, no, and no, I wasn't it's not it's not a do or die issue. It's not all black and white here. There's You're some... missing the point. You're missing the point. If you are totally sold out to the cause, you will go the last mile, and you didn't. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for the call. Thank you. 800-259-9231. I, I'm not, notice I didn't jump in on him on that one, because I'm not going to say what he's saying is wrong. I think it would have been more powerful for you to have stood your ground and fought to the last in 93 days, darn the, what would have happened to the show and my relationship and my home and yeah. all those other things. I think that would have been more powerful. The question is, strategically, would it have worked? Strategically, the right thing to do is to get the hell out and get back to my right. life. So, so it's it's an issue of strategy versus uh, you know sort of power or uh, your your conviction or whatever. Right, and he didn't have any answer to my question of we how long it would take. We all make concessions every day in dealing with the government. Yeah, well, at least I'm still credible with some people, and that's all that matters. More on the way. You take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk 
live only moments remain. Probably not enough time for your call, so I won't give you the number. If you're on hold, we will do our best to get to you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are free. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to do so by heading over to promote.freetalklive.com. All kinds of different options to help get this show into new ears. You'll find them all over at promote.freetalklive.com as we continue here with your phone calls. But just one more comment on that last guy that called in to attempt to rake me over the coals saying he had no respect uh, for me. Basically. No, no, he said you lost all credibility. Lost, saying I lost all credibility. Apparently the only way to generate credibility with that man is to suffer. Well, apparently, the more suffering you do, the more credible you are with him. I'm not ready to uh, to, to, to diminish what the guy said in the sense that he, he was saying, become a martyr because martyrs make for great publicity. And he is right. However... Um, you, you yeah, have become to look a martyr so I don't have to do it. You have to look strategically at the situation. He didn't claim to even know what the issue was, Ian. He's like somebody No, no, that... no, no, no. Listen, um, he's, he's right-ish, but then you have to look at the situation with, uh, say, Carl Draga. Who's Carl Draga, you say? There's the problem. Carl Drake is a man who essentially was martyred for liberty and property rights up here in New Hampshire 12 years ago. Look him up on the Internet. You'll hear the story of the, the ballad of Car- Carl Drake is on the Internet, and you can look at it. But the reason that you don't know about him is because he was martyred on he, – he picked his hill. He martyred himself on it, and he didn't have enough momentum behind him. So the IRA had a certain level of momentum to the point that those people did their hunger strikes. And you, you've got to look at it from a, from a PR and a strategy standpoint, too. And I don't know. I'm not saying I do. Yeah. I don't know if we were there at that point where it would have made any difference. I think he's right-ish, and I think he's wrong-ish. I just think he's a jerk. Let's continue here. He we'll talk to you. John in Vermont. No, that's not true, Mark. I think that I can respect a lot of people that disagree with me, but not him. Anyway, John in Vermont listening to WKVT. Hello, John. Well, hello. How's it going? Hey, what's well, on sir? your mind tonight? Well, that, that that last caller, the, he was, he sounded like a broken record. He sounded like he just wanted to bicker, and uh, it was boring. Uh, <laughs> you're putting yourself on the line just by being a dissident and being a voice of dissidents on the uh, airwaves. It's not good enough. Period. People like him want blood. <laughs> He's like somebody watching a uh, a race, you know, where people drive in circles yeah. left and left, and occasionally there's somebody that'll lose control and slam into a wall into a fiery explosion. Right, right. He's like he would be getting he would be somebody who would get upset because that guy lost control of his car, but yet managed to <laughs> regain it just in enough time to uh, to avoid the explosion. He'd be pissed right. because there was no explosion. It's the explosion your, your really that makes the news. Race. Sorry, go yeah, ahead, if you, sir. If you put on the if you put on your brakes to avoid a collision, your heart's really not in the race. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, the reason I called was uh, I only get to listen to you once a week, so I don't know. Maybe you've covered this point, or maybe not. But if you haven't, this is something uh, concerning the uh, code enforcers. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, when the president gets president has powers, and they get. They take an oath of office, basically, mm-hmm. saying that they won't abuse their power. And a deputy, uh, a sheriff, when he deputizes a deputy, the deputies have to take an oath of office saying they won't abuse their power, you know, um, because they have extra power when they have the power to make arrests. But code enforcers don't have any oath of office, and they have extra power, and they don't have to answer to anybody about that, you know, about abusing their power. Okay. I mean, on your property and ordering you around and issuing citations and fining you. Um, and they don't. They do not like to be uh, confronted with this issue. That why? Are, why haven't you taken a oath of office? 
Well, it's an interesting point, but those oath of offices really haven't done much with law enforcement officers. Yeah, I know that. I, yeah, I know that. I yeah, know it's really that. more of a technicality than anything else. Yeah, the particular... The particular code, as, as a point of information, the particular code enforcer that we're dealing with here is a former yeah. cop. So he actually did at one point swear an oath to the New Hampshire Constitution. Uh, yeah. But when I tried to bring up the New Hampshire Constitution <laughs> in the courtroom, I, th- I was thrown uh, in a, a, a prison cell. Yeah, I know they don't take their oath of office seriously. They ignore it. Um, but the point is that that's at least something that you can bring up and you can remind them of that. Well, wait a minute. Are you sworn to not to abuse your powers, which you're doing? Anyway, um uh, a pretty lady I met a week or so ago uh, told me there was a bumper sticker that said, uh, Bush killed the Constitution, Obama will bury it. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a good one to me. I thank you for the call, and I appreciate oh, hearing you from you. I'm glad you're listening out there in uh, in WKVT land uh, in uh, nearby Brattleboro here to uh, Keene, New Hampshire. I think just about every president and, uh, well, just about everybody who's been in elected national office up to this point has at least stuck a fork in the Constitution on the way. Yeah, we continue here. Stand uh, a knife in it. James in Florida. But I like I like those bumper stickers that are clearly against both parties. It's, they make me, they warm my heart. Uh, James in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ian, good to, uh, glad to see that you're back and out of there. And, Thanks, James. And uh, just to let you know that uh, I did post a video on the movement's uh, website, that's www.peacefreedomprosperity.com. Cool. And I uh, did get some uh, reaction to that from not just the United States, but uh, from my own country, uh, which is the U.K. Great. I'm now, I'm now living in um, America because my uh, wife did not want to live in uh, socialism. She's an American. Oh, and, she made a um, mistake. Because <laughs> it's socialist here, too. Well, it's not it's not as bad as what it is in the UK. That's true. Uh, but it, it's it's you know it's getting like that. Yep. And um, what happened to you was was totally wrong. You had a right to find out you, you know who made that call against you. And uh, uh, in I did find what, that out. To the credit of the judge, I did find that out. I he forced the uh, code enforcer to answer my question about who the original complaining party was, and it turned out to be another bureaucrat. Right. So, you know, um, (laughs) to me, I think looking at the video, the amount of, uh, you know, um, police that were in the courtroom, I think they were waiting for you. Oh, yeah. I think think they were – it all looked pretty much staged to me. Absolutely. uh, Well, it seemed to me what they were trying to do was – They were waiting for you, and, you know, because you didn't sit down, and when he ordered you to immediately, that was it. He wanted you locked up. Well – you know, anyway, James, um, I, I agree, James. Um, I think that they were they wanted that from Ian, but I think that the the reason for the uh, the police uh, presence there, the larger police presence, was they had the expectation that a great deal of uh, you know liberty activists would be in the courtroom and that they wouldn't stand for the judge. I think the judge intended to throw them throw everyone who didn't yes. stand in jail. Absolutely. Now I had sent a uh, letter to the judge saying that I was I intended to stand for him because I had felt that he had made some good rulings in the past. I think that he went uh, you know just crazy on this one. Yeah, he was out of his mind. Hey, James, thanks for the call. We're going to move on. Talk to Dave in Montana listening to KGEZ. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Howdy. Hey, hey Dave. Today's, today's a good reminder. No, if you were the most protected man in the world, if you didn't go along with the program, they'd put a bullet in your head. So uh, today's the 22nd, Kennedy Day. Hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, there you go. And uh, freedom is best Spread far and wide. If you concentrate it, it's easy to isolate it, to snuff it out. So, and the monster is fed by the taxes we pay. 
and the system allows for greed so the people more people will go with the system pay the taxes because they they're in on the greed and uh, the only way you're going to kill the monster is you starve it we got to have a tax revolt absolutely i'll agree we with you there we have to talk to we have to get major employers to say we're not going to be the free tax collector anymore. That would be a total coup. I would love it for but some Dave, employer But Dave, you said that freedom that. needs to be spread out and it shouldn't be concentrated in one area, but in order to have a tax revolt work, it has to be concentrated in it one geographic area. spread far and wide. Well, I agree that it would be great if it did, but in order to get enough people that would do it, you would have to concentrate that it in a geographic area, whether I'm that was the nation, the state, or... the greed factor, it's impossible. That's what I'm really saying. And the only way is the tax revolt, but that won't happen because of the greed factor. Well, and there's the also the fact that people are scared. Greed. They're also frightened. I mean, it's not just that, and it's not just that they want to keep their money. They also well, want to keep their that's freedom. What happened with you? Didn't you? How much did you spend to get out of jail? Twelve hundred bucks. No, uh, the, the, fi- the fine is one hundred and twenty bucks. That was it. Well, I haven't spent it yet. I haven't paid it yet. So, and he's not well, going to. They, I mean, how'd you get out in ninety days then? I uh, I begged for mercy. What do you mean? Well, they had no case, and he you probably knew that I would... Get on your hands and he knees probably and knew that, and scream and shit. No, that was, that, that was what I did. But, <laughs> a little. But uh, no, essentially, uh, they had no case. I mean, they knew that if I appealed it, they, you know, they, I'd have their butts. Um, so basically, it was yeah, just the quickest he, way to well, get out. They, yeah, they just wanted their money. You paid your money, and you got out. They, no, there was no... I did not pay any money. They, no money changed hands. That, that will happen oh, eventually, see, but I'm going to make them an offer. They wanted to arrest you and shake you up a little right, bit. Right, that's that was the intent. scared the crap out of you. That so was the intent. Do it again. Yeah, that was their idea. They figured, well, let's throw him in a jail cell for the weekend, and uh, you know, we'll see how he feels after that. And and you know, all they going, all they ended up doing was just attracting more activists to the area sooner rather than later, so we can actually have that tax hey, revolt that you're talking about. There's one guy that called Ian, and he says it's not the time to be behind the bars and in and amongst the evil ones right now. You're better off on the outside. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. And I can say, though, that the people that I was in and, am- in and amongst were not evil. The people that were in that jail cell were... <laughs> That's not were, what he meant. ...were good guys. Uh, they were in there for drug charges, most of them, or, you know, violations of probation. Completely nonviolent, non you know, uh, completely peaceful people. And that's the real tragedy is those folks. We'll see you Monday night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. This evening we're here with uh, Charles Webb, or Chuck Webb. He's the author of a, a book entitled... Sex with the Virgin Mary. And, Chuck, before we get in talking about this book, I, I just got to ask you, Sex with the Virgin Mary, where'd that come from? Well, I tried to come up with the uh, best religious idea that I could, and uh, that's kind of what came. <laughs> now, No pun intended. <laughs> oh, my. Excellent. Hey, it's a podcast. We can do whatever we want. Now, um, the... Uh, the idea here is is that uh, you've you've got a, a gentleman who gets transported away and ends up talking to an angel, the archangel uh, Gabriel. Yes, I see, and he gives the the uh, protagonist a a deal. Yeah, uh, there. Hopefully, uh, and I've had many people read the book, and many people interpret it differently. And one of the questions is whether or not the protagonist. Really met really met Gabriel. Whether or not he thinks he did, whether or not he's a con man, uh, there are various ways that it can be uh, interpreted. But ostensibly, uh, he goes to a place that 
kind of seems like a halfway to heaven house type thing. And uh, he meets a fellow, an angel, Gabriel, and the angel Gabriel explains to him that before the second coming of Christ, certain biblical prophecies must all be fulfilled. This, by the way, is in Revelations. You know, there's going to be wars and it, it, earthquakes. Famines all, and all that stuff all that, that we've been all, having all throughout human history. Yeah, all, all that good stuff. But one of the things also is that the Virgin Mary has to lose her virginity. I see. <laughs> and he is given the assignment uh, to make sure that this happens. Now, he's not given it the assignment uh, in the sense that he is going to do the honors himself. He is to kind of uh, okay another person, a man, obviously, to do so. And uh, then uh, the hero, Jimmy Cahill, uh, he decides that, uh, well, this might be worth some money. You know, I may be able to uh, perhaps go on eBay or something and uh, get some money for this. How, what's eBay think about that? <laughs> Pardon me? What's eBay think about that? <laughs> uh, he found out that eBay was uh, not amused and would not be interested. So what he decided the best way was to uh, seek private sales. Mm. Uh, now it's funny that eBay will sell a pancake that looks like uh, the Virgin Mary. However, they won't uh, they they won't let you sell you know. Well, uh, know. the there there would be an awful lot of opposition. Uh, the the church, and by that I mean the Roman Catholic Church, which is not too happy with the book to begin with. I imagine they're not. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I, I that that's without question. Uh, they would also put pressure on something like eBay doing this. I see. So, now, um, you had contacted us, uh, you know, and you're you're a libertarian, and you're absolutely sort of uh, living part time here in in New Hampshire, um, and the, uh, the I, I found that there were some quite libertarian themes in the book, you, without question. Um, the 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 protagonist, uh, whoop, that's nice. The protagonist finds that. Uh, He's, you know, in Massachusetts, Texas, and he doesn't want to, uh, you know, give it, give so much money to the uh, government. Uh, he would have to give a great deal if, uh, if he was a resident, and he decides to move across the border to live free or die land, and so he immediately does that upon uh, finding out this this deal. And like so many free staters, he moves to New Hampshire for more freedom. And you found that uh, that's what you've been doing too. Yes, uh, the uh, I have uh, just become a registered voter here. My daughter lives in the state, and I've always admired the state. And uh, living in Massachusetts, it's just a very short hop, skip, and a jump away. I like to, I believe in the book I call the uh, line separating the two states the freedom line. <laughs> it, had, it was really amazing uh, that watching the the election this year. I don't know if you noticed, but seventy uh, percent of Massachusetts voters actually voted to keep the income tax down there. I mean, talk about a hopeless cause. Uh, absolutely, and yeah. I heard some people actually discussing it, and uh, it's kind of a real fear factor. What will happen if the government goes away? Mm. Well, it, as though uh, it was—it's only been there a decade or so. Is that—is that correct that, that they've What's had been there? Um, the the income tax? Oh in no, the, no, Massachusetts. Uh, believe it's been there me, for a long time. Uh, oh. at least forty, fifty years. I, I mean, I, most states don't have a uh, income tax. I mean, how how could they think the government's going to go away? Well, that's what they were told. 
There you go. They were told that, you know, children would die in the streets. Uh, well, uh, I, I suppose. Yeah, the library hours would be closed to shortened, uh, you know, catastrophes. So as somebody who's brand new to this uh, this book, uh, is the is the whole purpose or the, the general plot line, the idea of this guy is trying to sell off uh, the Virgin Mary, the, the, the idea of having sex with her? Trying to sell that? Uh, yes. Uh, it's, I, I, I consider it a, uh, shall we say, a parody uh, with religious themes. Uh, there's, uh, I'm fairly well versed in the uh, Bible, and some people would find it allegorical. Uh, others would not. And it's, it just shows the ridiculousness of certain aspects of life. Uh, it's supposedly funny. Did you find it uh, amusing at times? I enjoyed the book thoroughly. If uh, people are looking for an endorsement for the uh, Sex with the Virgin Mary, I, I get a lot of books in my role as uh, you know host of this show, and you know I'm not going to endorse something and um, allow <laughs> you know you, nobody's. I'm not going to endorse it if I didn't enjoy it. I have the 51 page rule when it comes to uh, to, to reading, and I'm generally only going to read fiction. Um, I have the 51 page rule, and if I make it to the 51st page, I'm not enjoying the book. I put it down, and I never pick it up again. Well, I, as somebody who has not opened the book, I can say that it's funny right on the cover. I mean, the, the subtitle is funny. It's, the book is Sex with the Virgin Mary, and then the subtitle is She Has Waited Long Enough. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and uh, as you notice, uh, there's a picture of the Virgin Mary that is not like what you'd normally see in a church. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of like Cherise Throne there. Yes. Maybe... Well, well, she's described as looking like she's 19 years old, 5'11", 120 pounds, mm-hmm. with uh, auburn hair. Now, um, Very uh, attractive. It, it, uh, proving that she is, in fact, uh, godlike, she is able to lose her virginity more than once? Uh, there was some question of exactly how it, how it would work, because Mr. Cahill managed to sell the rights to deflower the lady into more than one person, so... Logistically, there was there were going to be some problems. <laughs> well, you know, if if, Mary, if anyone can uh, make a new maiden head, God head can. Yeah, uh, I find it I find it all very interesting. But the book it flowed nicely. I I never for um, as a matter of fact I, uh, I I I had opportunity to desire to pick it up and read it when I know I normally smoke um, smoke and read at the same time before mm-hmm. I take my nap. So I read for about a half an hour before I um, go to sleep or or whatever, and. I found myself reading it in times when I wasn't actually, you know, smoking. So that's that for me is high praise. You're making extra time for it. Yeah, and I wouldn't I, I wouldn't bring this uh, book forward if I didn't think it was well worth uh, um, uh, the read. Now, as far as uh, you said that the the church isn't real fond of the book. What about uh, ma- major publishers, things like that? I mean, have they have you found what the the thing is uh, when I was trying to when I was first starting the book. I found that I could not get uh, any major publisher to even read one page of it. Hmm. Uh, the subject is just kind because of, of the title. Would they look at the title and then there was no thanks? That that is uh, the impression that I got. Yeah. Uh, they they wouldn't. Nobody wanted to see page one. I presume that that was the reason. It, it, I, I, Same, seems like a safe presumption. It, well, it's certainly it's going after some social taboos here. I, <laughs> I, I must definitely say, but I, I thought it was presented. Um, if I, I'm not not a Catholic, so I'm not saying that, um, you know, I kind of like the things that that go in the fly in the face of religion. But I didn't f- feel like there's anything. <laughs> ig- Entirely egregious. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't uh, gross or anything like that. I mean, it was just it was just. Who are, who are some of these quotes on the back here? From I'm looking at this uh, here, Chuck. And I, got... I, 
Blasphemous, I, disgusting from James Bickerton, and then Brendan Moore says, Mr. Webb will burn in hell for eternity. <laughs> yes, uh, I sent the book out to uh, some people to review, and uh, I there, there are several reviews, and I found the ones that I thought were most amusing. <laughs> well, I, I was amused. So... How did you publish this then? Is it self-published? Is it yes, is that easy now with the internet? Is it? It's gotten much much easier. Uh, it, it can be found in two different versions, although the wording is the same. I mean, it's the same body of the book, but it's on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. But an even better way to get it uh, because it's slightly cheaper is just by www.sexwiththevirginmary.com. SexWithTheVirginMary.com. It's easy enough. You know, I, I, I don't want to give away too much because it, uh, it's it got a fun ending. I felt like um, I, I, I enjoyed the book all the way through, but towards maybe the last third, last half, something like that, it gets into a, uh, a court case, which you know your stuff on this um, kind of thing. Well, I, I, I did go to law school, and I, uh, matter of fact, I'm becoming a member of the New Hampshire Bar. I've... Uh, pass the little test that I have to take and I have to fill out some more papers and so that's coming. But I've been a member of the Massachusetts Bar for a long more years than I care to uh, mention. And uh, it, 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 the, the courtroom drama and the way it's played out, it, it, to me, it's, it's on the level of any John Grisham right. novel. I, I don't want to, you know. Well, the thing is, I've never been entirely enthralled with prosecutors. The average prosecutor I know uh, will prosecute somebody they think is innocent, you know, mm, if, they, sure. if they get a chance to prosecute them. And uh, most people find my portrayal of the prosecutors fairly unflattering. Hmm. Now, you're saying this as a um, former police officer from the uh, st- the state of, uh, excuse me, uh, Massachusetts. I-, I was on the Boston Police Department. I was a lieutenant there at one time. Hmm. So I mean, not even you're, you're not just uh, some gumshoe, uh, or you know, uh, what, what do they call the guys that just walk the beats? Um, you, you, we were a lieutenant. Yeah, and a sergeant, and a patrolman. And Can I put you on the spot? Absolutely. How do you feel about the war on drugs? Uh, I'm very libertarian in the sense that even though I would try to dissuade somebody from taking drugs, I would not criminalize it. And to the people that would that would then immediately say, you mean you want pregnant women taking crack? I would say, right at this very instant, in Philadelphia, <laughs> in Chicago, in San Diego, there it's was happening. a pregnant yeah. woman taking, right at this very instant, no right. matter when anybody's listening to the this. The drug war is not working. <laughs> so, so are you a member of law enforcement against prohibition? Uh, no, I'm not even familiar with it, to be truthful. Oh, no, I didn't talk to him about that. He yes. is a Free State Project member. Oh, really? I, um, oh, okay. I, I, Very recently, but uh, yes. Great. He's moving from Hawaii. seemed completely qualified to me. I talked to him about it, and <laughs> yeah. now here he is. <laughs> well, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition is uh, it's an organization of mostly former law enforcement officers, you know, de- former DEA guys, and people who basically, you know, they walked the walk. They were mm. uh, so- foot soldiers in the war on drugs, and they came to the conclusion that this was a huge mistake, and they've now joined you know, the good side, if you will, and they're going out and doing speaking engagements and going out to Lions Clubs and churches and things like that and, and speaking out as former law enforcement coming out against Prohibition, and it's an amazing group. Uh, Leap.cc is their website. One of my buddies was just on an ad on a, uh, on a uh, TV ad in Massachusetts on one of the propositions to basically decriminalize marijuana. Oh, yeah. Was it Prop 2? I don't know, but it passed. Yeah, it did. That was the the, the good news out of Massachusetts. This so less than an ounce now. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a finable offense. So they're going to get your money, but they're not going to you know put anybody it, it in makes jail. Much, so. so much more sense, even in the war on drugs area, to me. 
So anything right. else you want to say about the... Uh, the By the way, that, that just won you a lot of credibility with our listeners. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good with good the, answers. With the Sex of the Virgin Mary... Whoops, excuse me. Sex of the Virgin Mary. Um, any Anything else you want to mention about it? Uh, the... Uh, Basically, uh, it's I wrote it as a kind of response to some of the child abuse problems in Boston. My mm-hmm. book only touches upon that, but I just found an awful lot of hypocrisy within the church. Uh, in my former area where I used to work, we'd have the cruising blocks for both the male and female prostitution, and... Uh, Whenever priests would be brought in, uh, we there was like nothing we could do. <laughs> you mean the priest would be picked up for um, being a John? Is what you're saying? Yes. Really? Hold, did, did you just say that if a priest gets caught this cruising is formally, I cannot talk about what's happening today. Of course. But, but uh, there were. I can remember several times when this happened, and uh, it was like, let him go. No way in the world could there be any action taken. Wow. It was just the way the city of Boston was They were was just set too poli- uh, politically connected. They had too many friends in government. The to... church and the city of Boston were very tight together. The cardinal could certainly get a patrolman move from District A to District B if the cardinal so desired. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing to it's me. It's actually, it, it doesn't seem that amazing to me. Because oh, yeah, you were on the inside. Yeah, knowing, knowing how things worked. Uh, well, tip of the iceberg <laughs> for you. Hearing, th- hearing different things in this, uh, you know, on doing this show, different government agencies, how they can, uh, how they're manipulated by the powerful and, and things like that, I, 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 I never expected to hear the, those words, and I can, I can see why you would want to, to write a book that's uh, to some extent an indictment on the Catholic Church for this, and, well, and certainly like, Massachusetts, uh, you know, gets yeah. <laughs> gets the bull by the horns too. I like to think of it as humorous blasphemy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's an excellent book, and if anybody, uh, and I am quite the connoisseur of fiction. It, uh, as far as I'm concerned, as far as a, from a libertarian standpoint, I like to give my ratings on this because people are always looking for libertarian fiction. I'd say it gets uh, somewhere between three and a half, four stars. It, it doesn't outline an entirely libertarian world, but it does take a libertarian look at today's world, and I, Neat. I, I think you'll really enjoy it if you read fiction. Uh, pick up Sex with the Virgin Mary at sexwiththevirginmary.com, and you'll I, I suspect you'll enjoy it. I nice. certainly did. Yeah, you're supporting a free stater as well uh, in the whole process. There you Somebody go. who's moving here to New Hampshire as, uh, as an early mover. So you, you are moving up, or you have, you've moved? I am, as of right now, a legal resident. Right. I have a New Hampshire driver's license, and I proudly voted in the state for the first time two well, weeks con- ago. Congratulations, and, uh, and welcome to New Hampshire. That, that again, sexwiththevirginmary.com. That Thank is you. correct. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate this. Thank you, guys. Thanks very much. Good yeah. having you on the show, Chuck. Thank you. That's Good Sex night. with the Virgin Mary by Charles Webb. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.